I looked at this option as an opportunity for me to get involved having a pharmacy background to help to legitimize cannabis because I recognized, even though I didn't currently use it at the time, I recognized that it had therapeutic potentials. I started researching more about the individual cannabinoids and the terpenes found inside the plant. And what I realized is that, is that these molecules are pharmacologically active at very low concentrations. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, really contain a synergy that can be helpful for lots of people's ailments. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today's guest is Dr. Nick Berry, a holistic pharmacist, botanical enthusiast, and chief formulating master for essential oil wizardry. Dr. Nick's practicing philosophy combines ancient wisdom with modern medicine. Stay listening until the end of the podcast for a special offer from Dr. Nick and essential oil wizardry. Okay, well, I'm excited to uh, interview you today, Dr. Nick Berry. Oh. Thanks for coming all the way up to the Heaven House from uh, Ashland, Oregon. Oh, Paul, such an honor to be here with you, my man. Yeah, thank you. I was going to start just by sharing a little bit about um, meeting you. I met you through Ben Greenfield, so thank you, Ben. Ben, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you sent me a bunch of your oils to try, and I really thought they were fantastic, which is why I've continued our interactions, and I've had you come and present to my level four practitioners here at the Heaven House when they were in their last year of training. And they loved it and bought lots of oils. Mm -hmm. And um, I really found your journey fascinating. And uh, Nick's going to share that with you. But when I first met Nick, I thought I was meeting a shaman, not a pharmacist or a <laughs> chemist, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, you do have some of that in your background, which I'll have you share. But... Uh, I just find you an interesting guy and wanted to share you with my audience because, um, mm. one, I think you and I have a lot of harmony in our values about what's important in life, to life, as life, for life. Um, we were talking earlier and I was sharing my feelings about the use of supplements and uh, herbs and oils and at the expense of not managing the essential for doctors, which is, you know, taking care of recognizing what is happy making for you and doing it, um, getting enough movement, eating real food uh, in the right proportions for your body's needs and getting um, adequate rest. And I think, you know, it, I got the sense that you understand that view and, and seem to agree with it. So, absolutely, uh, you know, I, I'm saying that now because my use of essential oils is supplementary to what I call a holistic life or lifestyle um, and recognizing the things that we have to do for ourselves because if we don't do those basic things, then everything else becomes um, some kind of a crutch or a coping mechanism mm -hmm. to compensate. For example, there's lots of oils you can use to improve mental clarity, but if the reason your head's all clogged up is because you're sleeping five hours a night and eating junk food, well, then you'll spend tons of money on an oil to compensate for just poor self-management. Mm. But as a guy who manages himself quite well, 
I can also say that I've used essential oils to keep myself in great shape, such as when I'm traveling or I feel any kind of flu or or bug getting into me. I have my arsenal of oils and mm-hmm. various, you know, tools, just like a shaman has his kit, which almost always has sage in it and other things like that. Um, and garlic and, and the, the kind of the core constituents of a shaman's practice. I think that having a knowledge of oils and knowing how to supplement your lifestyle, because no matter how good of our lifestyle is, we still have to travel on airplanes and breathe the breath of sick people and be in polluted environments and electromagnetically polluted environments and not everybody can afford organic food and some people um, are in situations where they have a hard time due to things like caregiving or child raising where they may not be able to get as much exercise as would be ideal. So even though I can live that lifestyle because I've built my life around it, others aren't as, shall we say, fortunate with their circumstances and that's when having good tools is important. And I think that I'd much rather see people reaching for an essential oil than a prescribed drug or even an over-the-counter drug because I've never seen any uh, negative effects from an essential oil. Certainly there's oils that you can use too much of and things like that. But I, if I had a choice between uh, Prozac and an essential oil, I would go for the Prozac first it's a, uh, I mean, excuse me, the essential oil first. <laughs> yeah, maybe I've been taking too much Prozac. I don't know. Get my mind backwards here. But uh, no, I don't use Prozac if you're wondering or anything like it. But, uh, you know, Hippocrates's oath was first do no harm. Mm-hmm. And I think when people start using essential oils, you realize they're very powerful and very, very effective. Mm-hmm. And they're natural. You know, good products are you know, natural, you know, you, I, I've never seen you sell anything synthetic. So I think that if we operate on the principle of first do no harm, go with the least invasive, but still potent medicine, and then work your way up as necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a time for an antibiotic. I don't like using them, but if I had a staph infection or something and I couldn't knock it out with natural means, mm-hmm. I would rather use an antibiotic than than die. So I think, you know, my philosophy, there's no such thing as a bad drug or a bad exercise, only an incorrectly prescribed drug or exercise. But I've really enjoyed your oils and I really enjoy you and I enjoy your philosophy and I enjoy the evolution that you made in your own development. So can you share with us how you became the essential oil wizard? Mm. A little bit about your history and and who you are. What developed you into this person that devotes his life to making the the best essential oils that you possibly can for the rest of us? <laughs> oh, thank you, Paul. Yeah. Um, so it's been an honor to be on this journey. Um, Thanks. Ever, ever since I was um, first became clear that I wanted to be a pharmacist when mm-hmm. I was 17, I developed mononucleosis that oh. really... Um, challenged my physical body up until the age of 24, which Mm -hmm. is when I graduated pharmacy school with my doctorate. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I always had an open mind and open heart. And I got into pharmacy because I was fascinated by drugs and their healing potential for the human body. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to help people. And so for me, this looked like it was a profession where I can uh, I can learn and study about the mind, the body, and um, help people support their physical bodies. And it was going to be a sustainable career option. Mm -hmm. And so I've always kept an open mind and an open heart. And I, um, I allowed myself the opportunity to take a year off after I graduated pharmacy school. Since I took a, I shoved an eight-year doctorate program into six years, I figured I would, I was still going to be ahead of the game by a year. And so. Um, during my travels, I kept an open mind, open heart to what people were sharing and telling me and um, different types of therapeutic uh, uh, options that people were experimenting with. And for me, I just wanted to have a holistic arsenal that really focused on um, strengthening people's foundations. Mm -hmm. And it was probably one to two years after I graduated pharmacy school where my perspective somewhat Mm, maybe elevated. And I, I saw a different perspective that lots of pharmaceutical drugs, um, they, they aid in masking the symptoms rather than treating the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. And so I kept, um, I kept an open awareness to what other types of therapeutic solutions would be. So fast forward to 2010, um, I had, uh, this is a year after working at an Eastern Western pharmacy, and um, I was suggesting lots of uh, different herbs for supplementation alongside of pharmaceutical drugs people were taking for different uh, disease ailments, and um, had an opportunity to go to Burning Man. Mm. And Burning Man was really a special opportunity for me to explore different ways of living, different thought patterns, styles, art. <laughs> And to um, really get out of my way of my ego of, you know, here I am, this doctor of pharmacy, and um, listening to the wisdom that other people had. I remember when I was, um, I was at Burning Man, I met a, uh, a man who told me that he patented amino acids, I believe in the, the 50s or the 60s. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, his name is Dan, it might be Dan Cohen. And um, he said, hey, Mr. Pharmacist, do you want to know how to treat atherosclerosis? You use one-sixth the IV dose of EDTA orally uh, every day for, I don't remember whether he said uh, between three to six months. And it was like, huh, interesting. So small amount of chelation, um, slowly pulling up the, the fat deposits inside of the arteries and doing it really slow so that it's not throwing off the body's electrolytes. So this type of thinking with an open mind, listening to people who have been on an alternative pathway um, really opened my awareness to there might be something more than what I've been trained. Yeah. So um, in this process... Um, I had some friends that were starting a cannabis testing facility, and um, I looked at this option as an opportunity for me to 
get involved having a pharmacy background to help to legitimize cannabis because I recognized, even though I didn't currently use it at the time, I recognized that it had therapeutic potentials. I started researching more about the individual cannabinoids and the terpenes found inside the plant. And what I realized is that, is that these molecules are pharmacologically active at very low concentrations. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, really contain a synergy that can be helpful for lots of people's ailments. And so doing research on the plant brought me to the world of terpenes. Mm. Terpenes are aromatic molecules responsible for flavor and fragrance, and they're also pharmacologically active at concentrations um, extremely low, even in, in concentrations as low as 0.05%. And so having such strong, powerful um, terpene molecules in plants, I started looking into how can I modulate and uh, increase effectiveness of patient therapy utilizing terpenes? Where are terpenes found? I discovered that they were found everywhere in nature, not just cannabis. Mm -hmm. And so what I discovered was that essential oils are very rich and concentrated in these pharmacological terpenes. So I started experimenting and augmenting patient therapy utilizing essential oils. That's very cool. Um, just because you mentioned marijuana, I'd like to just interject if I could. Please. We have a brand new course out that Phil Dallaire, one of my level four practitioners and I put together called The Healing Herb. Mm. And it's all about marijuana, the history of marijuana, the pharmacology of marijuana, vaporizing, how to use a vaporizer, how to mix it with different herbs, tobaccos. And it gives a lot of great background information, not only on the history of marijuana and the government's manipulation of it, but it does give people a nice basic understanding of the pharmacology of marijuana um, as well. So if those of you that are listening are interested in that, since you brought that up, I thought it's a good time to mention that. But uh, tell me how you got into more of a shamanic type of relationship with life mm -hmm. um so i guess this is the first time me ever sharing this publicly oh well good i like i like to uh break new ground that's what we're all about here at living yeah. 4d so um i first had an experience with uh psilocybin mushrooms when mm -hmm. i was i believe 17 and it helped me to repair my relationship with my mother. Mm, great. And also with a, uh, a history of abuse of alcohol. Oh. And so I recognized that um, there's some real powerful healing potentials with uh, psychotropic plants. Mm. So fast forward seven years, because I did not touch uh, psychedelics between uh, the end of high school and um, the end of pharmacy school. Um, you know, as I've shared, I've always kept an open mind to different options that can be supportive for people. And just because something is illegal, for me, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's not something to it, especially when there's cultures, religions, um, indigenous people that have been utilizing plants for thousands of years. It successfully. <laughs> successfully. And, um, you know, if we really look at uh, some of the numbers of um, drug deaths associated with, um, you know, patients going to hospitals from adverse side effects from the medications that they're taking, um, you know, putting things into perspective, I, I think what we have is a, uh, 
a challenge integrating these plants and these tools effectively Mm -hmm. so that we can maximize the therapeutic value and mitigate the risk Mm -hmm. because there's so much, um, there can be the idea of either um, shame or uh, fear associated with legality that it's not always an open discussion. And so sometimes the healing process can really bring things up associated with um, entheogenic substances. And so I feel as though by blocking the opportunity to have a public platform where more information is being uh, collected about what's working, what's not working, you know, stories about uh, adverse effects and having a a public platform where we can all participate in consciousness Mm -hmm. in our physical bodies. Um, I believe that that creates lots of the challenges that we're facing um, associated with um, not successfully integrating these tools into medicine. Yes, um, I'm very grateful for the the work of MAPS, uh, the Multidisciplinary yeah. Association for Psychedelic Studies, for really studying um, the the therapeutic aspects associated with different compounds like MDMA, yeah. um, using it for post traumatic stress disorder. Um, I believe there's other studies for end of um, end of life to reduce stress and anxiety with psilocybin, and I feel that there's really an opportunity for people who are inspired in this direction Mm -hmm. to do more research and um, to really question uh, what, what are the risks? What are the potential benefits? Mm -hmm. And how, how does that line up with what my current beliefs and options are? Yeah. What's the, is it, it's Rick. Doblin. Yeah. There's a very good interview between him and Tammy Simon and her podcast series insights at the edge for those of you that might be interested it was a fantastic interview with mm-hmm. him discussing why he started maps and um you know the importance of psychedelic research and uh you know as he says the importance of the experienced psychonauts coming out of the closet because people need skilled practitioners with awareness to educate people as you know because they're going crazy on this stuff all over the world right now without any training or you know any structure to support it you know the traditional cultures had a support system in place but i wanted to mention that but i'm interested in how has your experience with plant medicines or anything in the shamanic concept or culture or way of relating ultimately woven its way into your work in manufacturing essential oils or uh, changed your view as a pharmacist and i'm i would suspect that it probably greatly enhanced your energetic abilities and the ability to read and and communicate with plant spirits yeah um so thank you for opening up the floor and allowing me to go really deep yeah well i think it's important you know because look um the reason i'm asking these questions is because the product is an expression of you. You're the formulator. These are Nick's essential oils. This is not, you know, Bear or uh, GlaxoSmithKline with a bunch of computers formulating and kind of robotic people doing what they're told. You know, I, I when I use your oils, I get an inherent sense 
of uh it's hard to even put a word on um um holism um nature um raw medicine um but they're not the kind of products that you would typically get from a, a corporation that makes any product that's you know whether it be oils or whatever um so it's it seems to me that your own way of de- the way you've developed yourself has brought you to the point of being able to have relationships and perceptions that ultimately turn out to be fruitful in your work in your life and for us because <laughs> we use your products I mean, <laughs> at least I do and I'm hoping more will mm, thank you so how can you share about that element of it yeah so over the years I've really developed a deeper awareness with the plants mm-hmm. um you know I've I've studied from the uh, traditional sense of pharmacology and looked at how chemical constituents work on the physical body. Um, as I've continued to grow individually and personally, I've found that my my expression and how I formulate, how I create the, the products that I develop has become more holistic, as you've touched on. Mm. I feel very connected. Um, there's a lot of intention that goes into each product that I'm producing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when uh, I produce a, pl- a plant medicine like uh, Skullcap, you know, the, the idea is that it's a powerful nervine and that there's lots of people who have the experience of um, way too much stressful activities in their life and difficulty sleeping and overactive nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, smelling the skull cap and just feeling the vibration of it in my body, you know, my, my body with, um, you know, continues to grow in terms of the awareness and the sensitivity with plants and other, um, other compounds, other minerals. And so I feel how it, how it makes me feel in my body. And I also project intention and what I would like to create for other people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a number of, of signature processes, which really, as you've touched on, is an expression of myself. It's, it's my opportunity to make art for the world. Yeah, it feels like it. And, um, you know, utilizing that opportunity, how can I make the, the most amazing botanical-based products on the planet that I'm capable of producing? Yeah. So, you know, it starts off by sourcing uh, the highest quality organic and wild-crafted essential oils, CO2 extracts, floral absolutes that I'm able to find. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate and have had some wonderful mentors into the field which have directed me to um, companies, individuals that have been producing botanical extracts for decades sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I feel where many essential oil companies are um, able to find uh, a certain source of essential oil and that might be the end goal and then getting it bottled. That's just where my journey starts, Paul. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, finding the highest quality products I like to tune in with the energetics of each of the oils. So for me, Paul, uh, an organic certification is not as important as what I am perceiving as the vibration or the intelligence of the plant. Mm-hmm. 
And so how that's expressed through my my awareness, Mm -hmm. it can come off in terms of how the aromatic notes layer, you know, is there a depth or, or does it, am I experiencing it flat when I take a deep inhalation? Mm -hmm. How am I feeling it in my body? And, um, you know, I would, I'm, I'm happy to pay more for a superior product. And what I've found over the years is just because it's certified organic doesn't necessarily mean that it's a higher quality product. Now, of course, having products that are unsprayed and um, free of chemicals and uh, toxic fertilizers is absolutely crucial. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's said that that's, it's said that the um, any types of toxic residues from pesticides are not going to distill into a steam distillation. That's not true. And I don't agree with that. I don't either. Um, because, uh, A, I believe that there's going to be trace amounts. B, I, I, f- I believe and I feel the energetics of whatever to- of toxin so is going into the food is going to be distilled into the final product. Yeah. And you're going to have a more dead product. Yeah. Um, it's been shown that... Um, that Because essential oils are inherent in plants to attract pollinators, to repel pests, they're used as uh, to modulate the plant's immune system. Um, These essential oils are usually the most robust in healthy plants that are not sprayed with chemicals and poison, um, that are naturally uh, thriving in their environment. Mm-hmm. And so they need to produce more of these terpenes. And so they, they become more pronounced in their activity. Yeah, And so these are the qualities that I'm looking for in terms of sourcing the product. Mm-hmm. So once I have a, an essential oil or a CO2 extract that I'm personally approving, I then will take... Um, I have quite a number of different technologies. And for me, you know, essential oils is an art form and it's an opportunity to practice um, really taking care with the plants um, to express the highest, uh, the highest level of awareness of um, what's capable of the plant kingdom mm-hmm. and then make it available for people. And yeah. so... Um, I work with lots of different tools that I've discovered over the years that work on enhancing the energetic qualities of these premium quality extracts. Mm -hmm. Um, So in my lab, I've discovered that utilizing certain geometries will actually enhance the the aromatic profile. Um, Some some devices that I have, I can literally pour the liquid through through a geometric structure, Mm -hmm. and it's going to... Wow, it's going to puff up. It's uh, the the peak uh, experience of the of the inhalation. Mm-hmm. It's going to hit the nostrils more profoundly with more depth. Um, sometimes it can take an oil and really lift it or define different aspects of um, the various notes. And so, usually, um, when I'm crafting essential oils um, and formulating blends. 
I am utilizing the aromatic notes and tones as an expression of how the art uh, of how the oil is um, is coming out for its final expression, which may be used topically. It might be used in the diffuser, might be used for the bathtub. Uh, you know, I make some essential oil tinctures. Um, so there's many different ways that um, I intend for the end user to appreciate the artwork. Um, so I found that Organite, for instance, um, for, for our viewers who might not be familiar with Organite, Organite is a composite resin, typically, that um, compresses against organic and inorganic uh, compounds, typically um, quartz, quartz crystal and um, different conductive metal shavings. And so crystals carry something which is called a piezoelectric charge. Mm-hmm. And when a crystal is squeezed and there's pressure laid onto the crystal, what happens is that crystal is emitting um, energy, and it's a notable. You can take a um, you can take a meter, and you you would be able to measure energy being expressed through the crystal. Well, this technology is used in our bodies too. Most people don't know it, but your teeth are piezoelectric. Ah. Every time you chew, you put pressure on your teeth and it creates a piezoelectric current that is picked up by the nervous system and used by the glands and organs connected neurologically and, and energetically to the tooth. Mm. Um, bones have piezoelectric qualities. Fascia has piezoelectric qualities. So that's why movement energizes the body because when we stretch, for example, most people notice right away after they stretch, they have more energy mm. and their heads clear oftentimes because they're releasing piezoelectric energy into the body and where the tight muscles are, they're usually indications of organs that are also stressed because when the organs get stressed, they cause a viscerosomatic reflex, which the organs basically dump their stress off into muscles to protect the organs from going out of a specific frequency range. Mm. But the, the thing that, that I wanted to ask you, a couple things, uh, I just didn't want to interrupt you there. Um, one, you talked about uh, smelling the oils and how important that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a book in my library called The Scented Ape. Are you familiar with that one? It's That's a new book for me, Paul. Oh, well, I'm going to have to show you about that. That's a, a, a very deep book on the science of how essential oils work in our nervous system and the uh, neural uh, synaptic pathways. But the reason I brought that book up is because it makes the point that the olfactory nerve is the only cranial nerve with a monosynaptic junction. So the when you smell something, there's only one synapse between the nerves that pick up the smell in your brain. Hmm. Everything else has to go through multiple synapses. So if you think of it like um, if you connect five computers together to get a message to somebody – like we have to use cell phone towers. Mm-hmm. Every time you add another computer, you increase background noise, electronic noise. You increase uh, the likelihood of it not getting there, and you increase the likelihood of the signal being reshaped or losing its purity, right? Mm-hmm. But the olfactory nerve is a monosynaptic junction. So part of the, the discussion is that it shows how critical to our survival smell is mm-hmm. because – the brain's wired to your nose with one synapse. Like mm. it's like we don't have any, we can't take any chances on it not being perfectly transmitted to the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just wondering if if you were 
because you were, we were talking about your shamanic experiences and, and you reference smell and, and, and of course vibration. And I thought, well, I wonder if people realize that the olfactory nerve, the smell function is so critical to our survival and that these were, um, instincts that we have from primal survival i mean we've absolutely we live far more as you know in in the wild uh than we ever did in, in civilizations with doctors and therapists around so we had to literally survive on these skills um and you mentioned another thing you mentioned geometrical forms now for a lot of people they might be thinking well how in the hell was pouring a liquid through a geometrical form going to do a damn thing to it it wouldn't make any sense to them but i'm assuming you're referring to sonic geometry um, so, um, what I've found is that different geometric shapes, um, and tools that I have, um, so like I have a, a hexagram, uh, uh, coil that mm-hmm. I pour some of the oils through and it literally energizes the oil. It, mm-hmm. you can pour the oil through and, um, at the other side, it's, it really just energizes it. The, the sense, the aromatic profile, um, really expresses itself louder, um, you know, uh, pyramids. Have you have you yes, done much yeah. research with pyramids? Yeah, I understand, and I've I've tested them, and I store some uh, medicines and essential oils in a pyramid at home. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm trying to drive at is, what do you think the mechanism behind that is? For most people, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to let you share before I say anything, but uh, what what do you think? Is the difference between a hexagram, a circular form, a pyramid, or any other form? Like, obviously, you've chosen that shape. Mm-hmm. What What is it that you think's causing the effect on the oil mm-hmm. that has to do with the shape itself? Yeah, I think um, due to the conductive natures of the metal and the, uh, the geometric form uh, that it's being expressed through— um, the the molecular constituents are all geometric found inside the essential oils mm-hmm. and so um through whatever means i feel that the the field of um the conductive field which is generated from the geometric shape when it's being poured into may actually make the the mixture that's found inside the essential oils of different geometries mm-hmm. more coherent mm-hmm. and so it may not molecularly change what's found inside of the oil, but it may help to configure the geometries in a more coherent way where um, everything is more orderly and Mm -hmm. structured so that when you are having the experience of taking a deep inhalation in through the nose, that you're able to experience uh, more profound peaks and different layers of the different geometries because there's more order. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with sonic geometry? Um, A little bit. Would you like to share? Well, it's it's interesting because I think um, it'd be something fun for you to look into because mm-hmm. I think it'll really add a, a whole new element and it might give you a different way of exploring shapes for mm-hmm. the manufacture and, and modulation of your oils. But um, sonic geometry basically is a concept that says, you know, if you take, for example, a square and you've got four 90-degree angles, mm-hmm. 
that totals up to 360 degrees. Yeah. So what sonic geometry basically shows by studying everything from atoms to stars is that that turns out to be a frequency. So a square will produce a frequency mm -hmm. that has something to do with the total of those four angles. And they've got ways of measuring it. And there's uh, David Wilcock talks a lot about it on his um, – Oh, what's his wisdom teachings? Mm -hmm. He's got several uh, segments on it, looking all the way down into DNA, DNA and uh, many, many molecules and atoms and showing it. Uh, he's got a marvelous display of sonic geometry and how it. Uh, a doctor found that it actually gave a very coherent explanation of the structure of DNA and how it conducts energy and frequency. Mm. But uh, because everything really is energy and information, right? Yes. I mean, without that, there's nothing here. And so structure is energy in a form or a shape, which is in formation. Yes. A square is a formation. A triangle is a formation. And because those are all atomic structures, uh, structures and atoms are moving at slightly less than the speed of light, they're producing very specific vibrational characteristics so if something like an oil runs through a pyramid, it's going to be influenced by the frequency of that shape. And then, of course, like you mentioned, the materials in it, if a pyramid's made of uh, PVC pipe, that'll be different than a pyramid made of gold because now you're, you've got conductance. Yes. So that can amplify, you know, for better or worse, it could – like if you – have a gold pyramid, but you're in the middle of New York City, you might be picking up every cell phone cab and radio signal and putting that into your essential oils. So I was just curious uh, if sonic geometry or was it more of an experimentation and your own investigations uh, as to how that worked. But the question I was really driving at and trying to get you to expand on, <laughs> poke, poke, um, your experience of of what we would call shamanism. So you mentioned psilocybin. Um, you know, your experience of not only plant medicines, but there must have been other practices, whether they be rattling, drumming, chanting, uh, smoking various herbs, um, shamanic practices. What Have those harmonized you to nature? Have they enhanced your uh, intuition? Have they brought you into a, a more intimate relationship with life plants, the the energies of the sun, the moon, the stars, and the things that ultimately are creating everything? Um, is that, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, is that for you what made the difference between you being a pharmacist and a shaman pharmacist? Mm -hmm. it, because those are obviously things that aren't typical in a pharmacist training. Yes. I'm just curious to hear from you what, what happened through your shamanic work inside of you that makes you the guy you are sitting in front of me, not the pharmacist that graduated after a lot of training. Hmm. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of shifts and changes. Um, you know, I'm someone who uh, very rarely chooses to put something synthetic into my body because mm -hmm. I feel that nature provides everything that we need and that there's, um, there's very deep, profound information uh, provided by Mother Nature from you know, hundreds of thousands of years of existence on this planet through constant evolution. Yeah. And um, 
with with all the teachings and the experiences that I've had in sitting in, in ceremony with indigenous elders and um, having experiences with different sound tools and um, really tuning in with the vibration of nature, you know, I've found more inner peace in my, in my body. And I recognize that we need to really look at the whole systems yes. of plants and of nature and of humanity and of minerals. And everything seems to have consciousness. It you know, does, yeah, I agree. I agree. One way of saying that is everything is God. It is. The first principle of Sufism, there is no God but God. I worship everything and everyone. And if you study alchemy, and you're an alchemist, I mean, the alchemists basically believe that consciousness was infused in matter. And the spiritual practice of alchemy is to extract the consciousness from the matter. You know, they often refer to it as the dragon, right? Mm -hmm. And to, to, to bring that... You know, we're all we're all we all think of ourselves as a body, right? Uh, my body, my shoulder, my neck. But most people don't think of themselves beyond the body. But if you as, as if you study shamanic traditions, if you should study the core of most of the religious traditions, especially the mystical branches, many of which we're using psychedelics and do. Sorry, some of you won't like that, but it's true. I have many books documenting that. Um, they were really bringing consciousness out of matter. In other words, like you said, everything has consciousness in it. If, if everything's energy and information, then something has to direct the flow of energy and the structure of the information, right? Mm -hmm. There's a reason trees are trees and, and flowers are flowers and cows are cows. You know, somebody once said, thinking that the this all happened by accident like the scientific materialists do would be like thinking you could throw a hand grenade in a print shop and a bible would jump out the back <laughs> you know it's just it's you know it's uh, but anyhow you know it's i was just curious because um it's clear and evident to me that you your your field is clean and clear and your energy is centered and your mind is focused and your heart is big and you're committed to doing good things for people. And that's not, well, I wouldn't say it's uh, not the, I wouldn't say there's no pharmacists out there like that. I would just say it's not ordinary. Like it's not ordinary for a medical doctor and it's not ordinary for most people unless they've had some spiritual development and done some real healing. And so I just thought it was one of the things I find unique about you is that you're able to marry the knowledge of a pharmacist with the wisdom and the life experience and the openness and the sincerity of a shaman. And I, I wanted to share that with people because I think if they understand that this is the person creating these products, it for those of us that already have a sense of appreciation for nature and traditional societies and cultures and uh, sustainable practices, it's much more exciting to be, I personally would be, if, if, if there was an interview going on between five essential oil manufacturers and one of them was you, <laughs> I'd be right away going, okay, I got to try this guy's oils because I know what's happened to me through my own shamanic evolution and work as a medicine man and a spirit guide and spending 15 years studying and practicing and 
and growing. And um, so I think that's a, a beautiful element. Um, would you mind sharing uh, to the best of your ability how essential oils work? Mm-hmm in the body, both physically and energetically. I've read a lot of different things, and there's a lot of different opinions out there. Um, but when someone takes an essential oil, um, what are some of the things that are happening that make it work mm-hmm. as a therapeutic agent? Yeah. So essential oils are really powerful. Um, you know, they, they contain alcohols, esters, ketones, uh, aldehydes, um, different sesquiterpenes, all of these different uh, constituents, which have both aromatic properties, flavor profile properties, and pharmacological activity. Mm-hmm. So what most people don't know is essential oils are very different than a synthetic fragrance. It's not just that aromatherapy provided by essential oils smell good. Mm -hmm. It's that these are literally geometric molecules which have pharmacological activity in the human body. And so um, what's interesting is lots of times um, there's there's almost a general understanding that different types of um, aromatic molecules may have may lean towards a different type of specific therapeutic outcome. So let me give an example. Can of you that. highlight one thing for us? Because yeah, um, I don't think many people are going to understand the concept of a geometric molecule. Mm-hmm. What specifically do you mean? What's the difference between a geometric molecule and one that maybe isn't a geometric molecule, mm-hmm. if there is such a thing? Cool. So, um, you know, I'm talking about uh, the functional group of a molecule, which is um, I'm talking about the shapes of molecules, which all molecules are going to inherently have geometry, have shapes. So they might be octagonal or uh, the- what, what is or that, hexagonal, or, hexagonal or they or... may have a benzene ring, um, yeah. six carbon ring. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm referring to is that the, the actual shape of the molecule um, seems to show trends of how therapeutically they may work in a majority of human beings. Would that have any relationship to receptor sites on cells, such as hormone receptor sites? In other words, is absolutely is there a geometrical relationship? Absolutely. So yeah, that that would be an important component then. Yeah, and so um, you know, take take the functional group phenol. Mm-hmm. Um, phenols are are said to be um, slightly irritating to mucosa. Um, a great example of a phenol is carvacrol. Carvacrol is found in abundance in oregano. Um, phenol, <laughs> Which I use a lot of. Right. So, you know, carvacrol is really interesting because, um, you know, when I was first studying about essential oils, I, I hopped on PubMed and I was looking up um, carvacrol and oil of oregano. And what I found was that carvacrol was extreme extremely effective at uh, a very low minimum inhibitory concentration um, at uh, inhibiting uh, methicillin-resistant staph aureus, better known as MRSA for most people. Mm -hmm. And that's... It's a bitch of an infection. It's a total bitch of an infection. Mm -hmm. And also, 
um, has a lot of challenges being treated in medical hospitals yeah. due to all the um, antibiotic resistance. Antibiotic resistance. Yeah. And so what my research found was that Carvacrol was extremely effective at dealing with MRSA. And um, when I was ending pharmacy school, I ended up having respiratory infections every winter for three years. Uh, the first two years, I used antibiotics to treat it. The third year, after reading this article, um, I, I had chosen not to go see a doctor and was hoping that the symptoms would resolve. And I kept getting worse and worse. There was a, a day that I remember where I looked over and I saw my essential oil vaporizer. And right next to it, I saw that I had an oil, a bottle of oil of oregano. Mm. And I knew that oregano is uh, quite caustic and irritating to the skin. And, you know, in my awareness at that time, I said, okay, I'm having immense difficulty breathing. Mm. I feel like I'm going to die. And so even though I know that this oil of oregano is extremely irritating, I also know that it is highly likely it can kill whatever is growing in my lungs. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I, I took a drop of oil of oregano. I put it into my essential oil vaporizer. I heated it up. I took a deep inhalation in and immediately started coughing. I, I was coughing. My, my eyes were watering, mm -hmm. and I was coughing for probably about two to five minutes. Um, I was spitting up all this green and yellow sputum. Mm -hmm. And um, after my coughing bout, I literally felt better and more clear and like I could breathe more effectively. Yeah. So I repeated that process. I did it three times mm -hmm. in that experience. And um, I did it three times. I believe I did it three times the first day and twice the second day. And by the end of that 48-hour period, I was about... 60 to 70 percent back to my baseline in terms of my ability to breathe mm -hmm. compared to about 40 to 60 percent back to my baseline in five to seven days compared to prior years using traditional antibiotics mm -hmm. and so um and the uh oregano won't kill the mitochondria in your cells and all the other nasty stuff uh antibiotics do you know the and and also the oil of oregano it has uh, different uh, chemical constituents which work synergistically and so antibiotic uh, it's not going to the bugs are not going to become antibiotic resistant in the same way that they are with single pharmaceutical drug mm -hmm. antibiotics. Yeah, there's uh, you mean because there's too many. It's it's a barrage of chemicals. It's like a bouquet of chemicals versus an arrow. Exactly. In other words, uh, you're surrounded by – there's too many inputs for them to easily adapt to. Exactly. That's a great way of – And, you know, that's the thing too with uh, a kind of a way of relating to that concept that comes to my mind is um, if you play a, a handmade Tibetan bowl, mm -hmm. oftentimes they're made out of five different metals. So they have a lot of overtones, right? But if you get one of the – have you ever seen the quartz bowls, the white quartz bowls? They're like tuning forks. Yeah. And sometimes there's, the frequencies are so pure, they're almost a bit stressful to the body comparatively. Mm. Um, so a, a synthetic drug is really like a tuning fork, a very tight, narrow frequency. Mm -hmm. But almost everything in nature has all these 
overtones. overtones. It's it's almost like a, a community holding hands to accomplish something as opposed to uh, a one man army. I like that analogy. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's uh, fascinating. Um, so you're t- so basically what I'm hearing you say so far is that there's uh, a geometric relationship to the structure of the oil and the different oils correlate to or interact with different cells and and molecules and systems in our body because there's some kind of a resonance um i would i would say that and i would i would go a little deeper to explore that and what i would say is that different functional groups which are related to the geometries of the aromatic molecules um seem to have different trends so aldehydes are said to oftentimes be um, slightly relaxing, also irritating for um, for mucosa on the body, whereas uh, alcohol functional groups like linalol, which is found inside of lavender, is said to be very soothing and calming, both to the nervous system and also to the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but they might also be slightly drying as mm-hmm. well. And so we can look at these individual... Um, constituents and we can predict types of therapeutic benefits associated with the essential oils. And so there's a nice synergy that nature provides in these um, in these plant extracts. And it's really an art form to be able to start integrating the information and have the, the scientific understanding for the mechanism of action of these individual components and then say, okay, um, I know that, um, you know, for instance, uh, I, have a, I have a product that I call Pain Relief Ice, and it's got 12 different essential oils, really powerful analgesic anti-inflammatory. So um, to give a very specific example of um, utilizing my knowledge base and alchemizing with intention and art form to create an effective product... Um, there's a, a constituent which has been found um, called neraldolol. Um, neraldolol is an alcohol, and it's found inside of um, it's found inside of neroli, um, a number of different plants. One of them that I've found that has a nice concentration of neraldolol is known as a. Um, it's called neauli. Uh, the subtype is neraldolol. And so what neraldolol has been shown in studies to increase the absorption of other molecules and drive them uh, deeper into the cell so that they can increase their effectiveness. Mm-hmm. And so simply by incorporating this neauli with uh, the high-rich neraldolol content it's able to synergize with the other plants in there, in that formula to deliver a more effective formula. Mm-hmm. And so I've experimented with different varietals of the, of the Niali and it, it provides a superior quality uh, experience in terms of reducing pain, pain inflammation. Um, and so that's a very specific example of looking at the literature, deriving how things are working, and then exploring all the plants and saying, "Hey guys, what do, what do you have? Uh, what do you have in common? What are you made out of?" And then dancing alchemically and uh, creating something where the plants are going to harmonize. So one thing I enjoy doing is I, I enjoy asking permission to combine the plants. And mm-hmm. so 
um, really connecting to the energies of the uh, of the essential oils. The plant spirit, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And um, and really asking permission to synergize different plants together for. Uh, a specific goal or outcome, you know, in, in the pain relief ice uh, example, creating something that's going to relieve pain and inflammation for people. Yeah, and so it's um, really balancing the art forms, utilizing you know the left and the right hemispheres of the brain to create something that's aesthetically pleasing. It really supports the physical uh, body, really works on the energetic body. You know, um, so. Regarding essential oils, when we're taking a deep inhalation, um, the receptors in our nose, um, when we when we receive uh, the information through uh, the essential oils, are going to send symbols to uh, signals to our limbic system mm. and our amygdala, and they're going to trigger emotion before the conscious mind is actually able to comprehend. Yeah. And so, this is why when we when we have a smell of roses, we're transported to our grandmother's house where there was a beautiful rose bush growing yeah. uh, out when we were five years old, mm-hmm. and so. Um, essential oils can really invoke powerful emotions before the conscious mind kicks in. And by really designing and playing with that, we can craft experiences or things that are going to be highly therapeutic for the emotional body. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of intelligence in the essential oils. And, you know, this intelligence can really connect us with a higher level of awareness. And this is where I feel that the essential oils really have a a type of spiritual enhancement that can be utilized and tapped into. Mm -hmm. You know, some people consider essential oils to be the soul of the plant. In alchemy, this is also known as the sulfur. And the reason this is, is because it's... um, they're found in plants in extremely small quantities, and they're they're highly effective and contain a lot of information um, from the plant. And when you are distilling and extracting this precious essence from the plant, it is this higher level of wisdom that is um, really. Uh, able to be preserved through time because, you know, plants can go through their cycles of life and death Mm -hmm. and the essential oils can be extracted and really preserved quite well oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of innate intelligence which can really tune our bodies both physically, emotionally, and connect us to higher levels of awareness. Mm -hmm. I think also too because... Uh, essential oils and most anything is is as we've been discussing vibration mm-hmm. um you know when we're in harmony with somebody communications are going well um if we're dancing in harmony with someone then there's a beauty and a flow to it if we're making love with somebody and we're in harmony then there is more love being made than when we're in disharmony um you know, if you study the Aboriginal culture, they used a technology called song lines and could communicate each other with each other through vast distances very effectively. Um, so it seems to me that essential oils 
can bring us back into harmony with key elements of nature that might have a psychic awakening effect on us because we're able to access more of the root intelligence, whether it be in the DNA itself, whether it be in biological systems, or whether it be in our reptilian or mammalian brain structures, which, as you know, are ancient. Um, I've also read in various books, some of the books I've read were written by clairvoyants, but um, I've seen writings suggesting that the essential oils have the strongest effect on the etheric body. Do you have any feeling about what level, physical, etheric, astral, lower mental, higher mental, or causal that the oils are working on? Or do you think different oils target different levels? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I don't have the depth of attunement associated with uh, levels above, let's say, the etheric body. Mm -hmm. And so I feel that it works on a, a higher energetic level that can affect the auric field. Yeah. And, um, and that different essential oils can work and maybe some are going to target more on a physical level. Yeah. Uh, an example of that is vetiver. Vetiver is really powerful for grounding the physical body. Um, I find that when I apply it into the bottom of my feet, it really um, helps to quiet an overactive mind and really put me physically into myself. And so from that level, I see it as something that is more uh, physically supportive. Mm -hmm. Something like uh, rose geranium, you know, uh, I've found something amazing about this plant. Uh, rose geranium really seems to support the emotional centers and um, really particularly around the heart. Mm -hmm. And so I've found for people who are experiencing heart trauma, um, really centered around anger or need to forgive. Rose geranium is one of the best plant extracts that I've found. Um, I, I, I've seen a lot of success and I've, I've heard a lot of reported success utilizing rose geranium in recent uh, transitioning of re relationships. Mm -hmm. So when partners are breaking up, yeah. Um, because it seems to, what my experience is when I apply a few drops of rose geranium and um, literally rub it in front of my uh, in front of my heart area yeah. in the auric field, and then put it on my body, um, on the chest area. Um, what I find is that it softens the attachment to the anger mm -hmm. um, that. I might have directed at a person and that I'm almost able to start looking at things from a more objective perspective. Mm -hmm. And so it's really good at smoothing, softening, and letting go of the attachment to the anger. And that really helps me to formulate a new step within myself of forgiveness, which aids in re um, repairing uh, and forgiving uh, a transitioning relationship. It seems like that would be a very good oil to give children in the families going through a divorce. Absolutely. So um, I agree with that. And rose geranium can be somewhat uh, irritating to the skin. And so depending on how 
old the children are, I would definitely want to dilute that first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a product that I have toyed around with um, feeling a similar type of energy and effect for is our heart formulation, which is I've already... Used it. Yeah, you gave it to me. I love it. I, I think I might have it on right now. <laughs> I don't... I, no, I have clarity on today because it helps keep my head straight. Uh, but... Um, I, I've used your heart oil many times, uh, especially when I'm doing healing work or um, mm. need even shamanic work where I have to guide people and stay very connected to them. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's it's, these are all very very interesting concepts, and I I, I hope uh, the audience is starting to see that there's a lot to this, and nature's pharmacopoeia is pretty comprehensive. It's amazing. And, you know, what's nice about the heart formulation compared to the rose geranium is there's a nice synergy of other plants um, that soften and round the experience. So it's really good for both um, forgiveness, anger, and really softening the the um, the nervous system and also opening up the heart for more love. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also infused into a carrier oil. We use fractionated coconut oil because, because it comes from a sustainable source. And um, the, uh, the heart formulation would be an example of something that could be uh, safe for children to apply and to use regularly mm-hmm. in an example of, um, you know, uh, a divorcing family. Yeah. A question I that you uh, just had pop up in my head with what you're saying there. Yeah. If someone has like I I don't do well eating coconut. It causes, you know, reactions. It makes me itch, gives me hives. Um do you think that it's the same do I have would someone like me have to be concerned if an essential oil carried uh, a coconut oil in it um that you'd have to say if you ate a macaroon or something coconut mm-hmm. so the fractionated coconut oil contains two constituents um i believe it's a uh, lauric acid and um there's another constituent that i'm not remembering in this moment and so it would be interesting to know what part of coconut your body has reacted yeah. to um my thoughts are the, that everyone who's allergic to coconut, I don't think that 100% of those people are going to translate into having that allergy. And I would also uh, advise if a person were to experiment, knowing that they have a sensitivity to coconut, I would first do a skin patch test. So take mm-hmm. a very small uh, small amount of the oil and apply it onto um, a top region, maybe, maybe at the top of the hand, yeah. and um, an experiment and see if there's uh, any type of reaction. Then I would uh, probably use a slightly larger area and, and really test it before regularly applying it to make sure that it's biocompatible with a person's physiology. Didn't you say there was coconut oil in the heart formulation? Yes. Because uh, I've used it and it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I, w- th- I was just curious if there if you found any correlation between oils for topical use mm-hmm. or even oils for internal use like you provide and concerns with, you know, like someone that has a peanut allergy, if they used peanut oil, they'd probably have a reaction to it. So what's, what's interesting is... Um, I was once told by Elizabeth Van Buren that uh, in the essential oil, because there's no 
actual dander or plant material that's left that it, it won't stimulate a true allergy in people. Yeah. Um, even though that this is the principle, I've always steered away from utilizing um, essential oils if people know that they have a sensitivity to the plants. Mm-hmm. And um, so fractionated coconut oil specifically as it relates to coconut oil um, it's coconut oil, which is heated and then centrifuged, and they separate the different uh, different size chain triglycerides. And they keep the medium chain triglycerides because it, it's uh, liquid at room temperature, has a long, stable shelf life, and it doesn't have its own smell. Mm. And so it's a really nice base um, that readily absorbs into the skin. Mm-hmm. So it works as an effective carrier oil for driving the powerful essential oils into the bodies uh, through the cells. Mm-hmm. And so in saying all of that, um, I do believe that uh, it is likely that most people will be fine if they have a coconut allergy uh, to use uh, fractionated coconut oil mm-hmm. Um or a blend that we're using the FCO in. And I would still suggest... Yeah, when in doubt, do a simple hand test. Put a small amount on you and and see how you do. Precisely. So, Nick, this has been fun and fascinating. Um, We've covered a lot of things about essential oils. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is what you could share about the effect of essential oils on the psyche or... You know, the psyche, of course, means soul, but most people don't really have very much of a well-defined definition of soul, just like they don't really have a defined definition of mind. Um, My definition of soul, a simple one, is consciousness within. Mm. So the sum total of our consciousness, um, whether it be uh, mineral, geometrical, biological, intellectual, uh, creative, intuitive, those are all elements of the soul as Steiner taught them. And, um, you know, we have very, very high, I think we have the highest rates of suicide in all age court categories in the history of man right now, uh, whether it be children at any age category. We have big problems with depression. Um, we have a lot of problems with uh, things like attention deficit, attention hyperactivity disorder, um, and I'm going to do a show on that too. Um, and there's also a lot uh, of transition stress. You know, the uh, interesting thing is, you know, a lot of people in our culture are Christian and they're taught till death do you part when they get married. But current research shows that the average marriage only lasts two and a half years, and the average person gets married three times in their lifetime, which means that there is a fair bit of uh, divorce going on. And that's a pretty major transition, especially if you've been with someone for any length of time. I know when I got divorced after 17 years of marriage, it it was as though uh, something very large had been ripped out of me, and I felt like a gaping hole was in me. And even though I knew it was time for us to get a divorce, it was a, a year of feeling kind of out of touch with who I was because I had spent 17 years of my life with somebody that I was really in love with and had a child with. And for various reasons, we realized we we needed to go our separate ways, but it was not an easy transition. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my mother 
was practicing essential oil therapies and taking training and she had given me various oils, whether it be things like um, things to enhance joy or mood elevation. But I just think that um, it's not talked about too much in my uh, observation about the psychic effect of oils. So with all the kind of stress in our social environment and and, uh, being in a culture that's lost its uh, myth, which is always dangerous, and a lot of religious confusion. Um, I don't know if you read Basil Vanderklok's book, uh, Your Body Keeps the Score, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the statistics that he gave of physical, emotional, and mental abuse of children in families today was shockingly high. Mm. And the number of people on prescribed psychotropic drugs is very high. I think he said something like 47% of all military personnel are on some kind of a prescribed drug that uh, has an effect on the mind. Uh, Don't quote that specifically, but it was high. I mean, as an ex-paratrooper, I thought, my God, that's not a good thing. So if it comes to oils, essential oils, first of all, what do you think it is that's causing them to affect the psyche and secondly, what are some strategies that you might offer people for things like depression, anxiety, or any of these common ailments, such as a transition where a person's, maybe someone's died in the family, or you're going through a divorce, or you've lost your job? Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, when I look at essential oils, they seem to work on multiple different levels. Mm-hmm. And certain, uh, you know, essential oils are going to bypass the conscious mind initially, yeah. as we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when a person's taking an inhalation through their nose and they're, they're having that smell and it's entering the limbic system and it's triggering all of those emotions and memories that are yeah. stored – that's a prime opportunity to get into those neural pathways and to create change. Yeah. Um, so the essential oils themselves are also going to be pharmacologically supportive. And so in conjunction with uh, types of therapy and or used by themselves with intention, they can be really supportive. Mm -hmm. So maybe I can talk a little bit about some suggestions about various various situations. You could. uh, I'd like you to just expand or amplify a little bit, because I know what you're saying, but many people may not when you use the term using intention. Could you Mm -hmm. um, maybe explain that for people? Because whether they're buying your oils or anybody's oils, I think that's something that flies under the radar in our culture. Mm -hmm. But it really has a lot to do with research on psychosomatic healing um, or the placebo effect, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we know if someone has an intention to heal and they don't know what the drug is, there's a very significant chance of healing because of the intention so could you just share for the listeners or viewers, um, how does somebody use an essential oil or something with intention as you perceive it? Yes. Um, so if we're looking at uh, addressing a certain ailment or a type of emotion, 
And we're looking at the different tools, essential oils in this case, as an opportunity to uh, move through the challenges and to create a new platform, new foundation for people. Um, the, The intention is a commitment to the self to say, wow, I'm really experiencing this pain and this suffering in my body or in my consciousness, in my mind. And I'm, you know, having these emotions around it and I'm committed to walking through this. I'm committed to healing. And I think that's really important in the healing process because, um, you know, I think so much in society, we, we look to doctors, we look to healers and we say, heal me. Yes. But we're healing ourselves yeah. and we give ourselves many permission slips and there's powerful plants, there's powerful minerals, there's powerful drugs that will create physiological change in the body. And having a mindset that's driven and focused on creating a an outcome um, is a, a form of intention. Mm-hmm. So really focused on... Um, you know, I had a recent transition. My heart, you know, feels broken. Mm-hmm. And I'm committed to healing my heart and sharing love again could yeah. be an example. And so being able to say, this is how I'm feeling. And I feel, I feel, I may feel powerless, but I'm choosing to go through this experience and being able to uh, adapt and grow with plant allies, and in this case, an essential oil, we can create the intention, I want to work with this for six weeks. I want to see what happens. I really want to mend my heart. I'm really going to start going to yoga. I'm making changes in my life. I'm I'm recreating myself from a more balanced space, and I'm choosing to align with this plant ally, and I'm going to use it in this specific way. And that's what I'm talking about, um, utilizing this essential oils with intention. So one of the things I picked up hiding inside of your comment there is that when you're talking about intention, what you're saying that I think is very important is you just gave the description of I'm seeing therapists, I'm doing these other things. It's not just this oil's all that I'm doing. I'm fully participating. I'm acknowledging and honoring and taking ownership of the experience that I'm having. Absolutely. And therefore, I'm opening myself to the possibility that the spirit of this plant is not only a gift from Mother Nature— but it's not an accident that I've come across this podcast or this oil. And therefore, no matter what anyone else says to me, like my dad might say, oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. It's just plant oils. It's hmm. not going to do a damn thing. Take a drug. Um, when we set our intention, we're really saying to spirit, I'm open to the possibility that the wisdom in this substance may be more than just material. It may be immaterial energy and information Mm -hmm. that can support me in making a transition or a healing. But the point that I'm really driving at is that your definition of intention wasn't just, I intend to use this to get better, but my intention is to heal and I'm doing my part, which includes accessing the herbs, the oils, the practitioners, 
the prayers, the chants, the dance, the food, the exercise, the breathing, and I'm opening myself by participating in life fully so that I can grow. Yeah, thank you for catching that, hearing me and seeing me, how I participate. You have a really great way of defining and expressing immaterial thoughts and actions um, in a way that's very grounded and reflective of how I put forth energy in the creation of my process. I feel you, man. Appreciate you. Well, you know, the thing is, is that I think you and I um, have traveled enough life together and been through enough uh, of the, you know, boot camp of what works and what doesn't work. Because um, really there's no such thing as a miracle drug because if your mind does not participate, uh, you know, look, if your mind participates, I've seen demonstrations of people drinking snake venom to show how strong their mind is and that the mind can overpower anything, even a poison. But if the mind is the poison itself, then the drug can't work because you've already blocked it. Mm. Uh, if the you know, I've done a firewalk, a real one, with Tony Robbins, who who used I used to be a therapist for him and a friend, and I uh, and I had a friendship with him. Not that I don't, I just haven't talked to him in a while. But um, you know, when when he pulled the thermometer out of the fire, it was twenty six hundred degrees, and it's you know it's thirty feet across the fire. So it's several steps on on, on twenty six hundred degree coals, and we went through a, 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 a system of putting ourselves in a hypnotic trance, and we used a chant. We chanted "Cool Moss, Cool Moss." So you visualize the mm. hot coals as cool moss, and saw yourself walking across a forest floor, not burning coals, but all around me, people who lost that intention got burned. And there was ambulances and there was big burns on feet. But the majority of the people who were open to following the chant and 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 really locking into their potential and knowing if one of us can do it, then we can all do it, made it across the, the firewalk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's an example of the application of intention. Someone says it's physically impossible to walk on that because they read physics books. And someone says, yes but the mind creates beyond the laws of physics. So if you don't take yourself there, you will always be trapped in physics, which is kind of the chemical model, really. You know, uh, If you have a headache, it's an aspirin deficiency. That's all, just take some aspirin. <laughs> That's the chemical model. Right. So using the oils with intention is important, but it's important to use everything with intention. Uh, otherwise, you're just, you know, you might as well just go to the pharmacy and just start picking shit up off the shelf and just hope something works because you're not really focusing your mind on anything. You're just hoping for a unconscious rescue, which isn't really adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, cool. it's totally about participating, right? And yeah. taking ownership for our health and well-being. And I view the oils and the plant extracts to be a part of that holistic system. They are uh, they are powerful tools that can be integrated in for um, everything from 
smelling aromatically appeasing. I use them as deodorant every day. Mm -hmm. I have a facial toner that I use to really soften and moisturize and nourish my skin. Um, There's some tinctures that I take when I want a little bit more energy. There's some tinctures that I take when I'm um, overly stimulated. Overall, these are all really powerful tools. And what I think is really important for people to engage is that having a healthy balance inside of the self, when we're in tune with what our body needs, I'm typically going to the oils because I'm feeling, if I start feeling a subtle shift in my system, I say, aha, you know what would be really helpful right now? If I let's say, don't have access to take a 15-minute break or um, something else that may be able to uh, support the imbalance that's currently happening in my system. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit nervous and I have this bottle of skullcap. So I'm going to take some of the skullcap and it's going to work on reducing the stress in my body and Mm -hmm. it's going to quiet the mind and I can remain focused. And you know, if I have a few weeks of work or I'm, I'm traveling and I need to be, um, I need to be on and I know that it's a imbalance that will correct itself when the situation changes, there's these beautiful tools that we have. Yeah. And so, you know, part of the intention here is to educate and empower people to take control and be their own doctor and to listen to their physical body and to be better educated about these tools that we all have access to so that if we are feeling imbalanced and we can't correct that balance with proper nutrition and sleep and uh, the appropriate foundation, that there are tools to help take the edge off while the imbalance can be addressed. And, and uh, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but there's also tools to aid you in the application of the foundation. So in my system, Dr. Quiet is the doctor that covers introspection, meditation, intuition. And, uh, you know, I use your third eye oil, to, and it greatly enhances my clairvoyant inner vision capacity for various types of meditations, be they astral travel, uh, a Jungian style of active imagination or just meditation. No. So it's beautiful. You know, there's an example. If if you're having a hard time sleeping, we're going to get into a lot of this too. Mm-hmm. There's ways you can modulate that. Um, but I think one of the things people always have to be aware of is if you're always using an oil to give you more energy, then you should be looking at why you don't have the energy. 100% agree. If you're always using oils to sleep, then you need to look into why you're not sleeping. So, you know, oils can be great modulators. They can help us adapt and attenuate stressors. But uh, I think an example is, you know, when I was young, I used to do a lot of four-wheel driving. If you are in a four-wheel drive and you want to enhance your traction, you uh, one of the things you do is you let air out of your tires so that you get more surface area and and the tread has a better hold of the ground but then when you get to certain areas you need to put pressure back in because it works better there so that doesn't mean you drive around with your tires deflated on the highway because mm-hmm. it's the wrong form of modulation for that environment right so analogy being that you know and that's part of what i'm trying to bring out of this interview is 
enough education that when someone buys an essential oil, they realize it's a living tool, it's frequency, it's intelligence, it's energy, it's information, and because it comes from a living system with DNA, it probably has coherence with our system since we carry like 23% of the same DNA as a banana and we have like, I don't know, 50% of the DNA of a fruit fly. And and when I teach my students how to talk to plants and do that kind of work, many of them are so left brain they go, oh, that's bullshit. How can you talk to a plant? And I say, well, if you change your orientation of DNA from molecules to being an antenna of cosmic information and psychic information, and you realize that everything you're looking at in nature is somehow included in your biology, then talking to a tree is really just talking to yourself. So if you get the ego out of the way, well, what are you made of? Earth, water, fire, air, and space. What's the tree made out of? What's the plant made out of? What's everything made out of? Earth, water, fire, and so at the very base level, we're all made of the same things with slight changes in energy and information. So everything out there is actually somehow represented in us. And that, I think, takes people out of the... Um, I am separate from the oil as an object. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's coherence. Integration. Integration. And there's uh-huh. a, it's, a, it's a matter of saying, what do I need to balance myself or to enhance myself? Just like if I want to enhance my four-wheel drive performance, there's times when you lower the pressure in the tires. When I race stock cars, every tire on my car had a different pressure to create a specific effect on a specific track, on a specific day in specific weather. So that's a specific modulation. Mm. So I think um, we can use essential oils. Really what I'm driving at is we can not only use essential oils because we're having problems, but we can use essential oils to enhance our ability to practice the things that reduce the likelihood of having problems because it can be, uh, let's say you're... um, I'll give you an example. I was one time taking a course in Scottsdale, Arizona. And this is many years ago when I was doing a lot of triathlon training. And I went out for a five-mile run early in the morning before class, and the pollution was so bloody bad. I was just wheezing after about two miles. And I'm like, who in the hell can live here? Mm -hmm. Now, if I would have had – what do you have right here? Respiratory? Respire. Respire. If I would have had that oil – I could have put that on. It could have enhanced my ability to breathe through that run. And there would have been in my system using an oil to modulate me to better support me so that I can exercise better, which is doctor movement, where a lot of people might have just stopped after two miles and said, screw it and walked home. But with that kind of support, your lungs could be supported and you can support your foundation principles. So uh, I think we can use these tools to support us in the practices that we have to have in place to be healthy or will forever be chained to doctors and pills and supplements. Or we can use them for the inevitable reality that we're all in relationship with each other. Like I said earlier, we all get on airplanes, we're in cars, we're walking down streets. Uh, there's a lot of sick people around and sometimes uh, we catch things because our immune system's never been exposed to it and it has to develop antibodies against it. And so we can use them as medicines, not just modulators. Mm-hmm. 
So why don't well we spoken? Yeah, why don't we get into some of the uh, specifics? Yeah, you know, I'd love to. So what I want to do is I'm just going to hit you with some titles here, and maybe you can give us sort of the the uh, the physician's prescription from Doctor Nick. In other words, if I called you up and said, Nick, what would you recommend? I'm going through a lot of stress. I'm very busy right now. Um, I'm having a hard time dealing with all the things coming at me. Um, it's not that I'm unhappy. Um, it's just that there's a lot going on, and I feel a little bit scattered and stressed right now. Mm-hmm. How could you enhance me with one of Dr. Nick's essential oil wizardry Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So stress management. Yeah. So um, for stress, I've really found that our CO2 extracted kava is really powerful. Mm. Um, It's a product that's not suggested for people who are um, consuming large amounts of alcohol, shouldn't be taken concurrently with alcohol, and people who have liver disease. Um, The kava is really good for relaxing... um, relaxing the physical body. Um, Sometimes it has a slightly stimulatory energizing effect. For some people it's relaxing, uh, but it seems to take the edge off. Um, Our skull cap, our ultrasonic skull cap tincture, uh, that's actually a new product that we extracted about three weeks ago. And I've been loving that. What I find is that that skull cap really helps to take the edge off an overactive mind yeah. um, while still being able to participate and be very clear. You have some right here, right? Yeah. Would you enjoy having some yeah, right let now? Me, like, you, didn't you give me a drop at the beginning? Yeah. I thought it was very clearing. Yeah. What should I take? A couple of drops? I would say uh, about a quarter of a dropper full. About that much? I'd say about half that. Like that? There we go. Want to join me, dear spirits? Thank you, Skullcap. I got the yes. Uh-huh. My hair is growing. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Uh, you know, I, because you mentioned it, I knew you had it. I thought I would just try some right now and share it with the audience. And it is um, – right now I'm feeling um, my energy field is going into a state I would describe as yin – before I took it, my energy was going out because, you know, I'm focusing on you and, and I'm outgoing. But I feel as though um, my energy is looping back into me now. And I feel anchored in my center. Um, uh, I feel as though, uh, to give an analogy, if I was a kite, you just put a tail on me. Mm. And now I can fly more stably. Mm. Uh, that's how I would describe my energetic experience of it. Thanks for sharing that. That's really neat. It's a it's a newer extract, so I'm still collecting uh, reports from people. And um, yeah, Skullcap, I, I feel as though it's really good for... Um, it brings a clarity to the mind and also a slight physical reduction of stress in the physical body. And so it's a really great tool. I've found that I can be very productive. Um, For instance, I'm having this podcast with you now. I just took some skull cap. Mm -hmm. My mind feels really sharp and alert still. Mm -hmm. However, I feel even more relaxed in the physical body. And so it's, it's, 
a great um, tool for people that still need to be on but are experiencing stress. I'm finding it very relaxing in my solar plexus as I'm sitting here. Mm-hmm. It's definitely still working and coming on to me. Mm. But uh, I feel as though um, my abdominal muscles are relaxing. You know, our tendency when we're under stress is to armor and brace ourselves. Mm. I feel like I'm a flower opening in the morning and, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah. I can do this. I really love how in tune you are with your body, Paul. Well, you know, I'm like you. I take care of it. And to me, it's my chief instrument. So I honor and worship it, although I do a lot of experimenting with it. But it (laughs) seems to enjoy those things, too. (laughs) So from stress management, you've mentioned Skullcap, which was the other one? Kava Kava. Kava Kava. Our Violet Chill is another great formulation. Um, it's It takes the edge off. It's really calming to the nervous system. Violet Chill is a combination of lavender, cedar, frankincense, myrrh, and helichrysum. Mm. And um, it's, uh, it's really nice in conjunction with uh, the Skullcap and or the Kava. Just the name is therapeutic. Right? Violet Chill. Uh, Sounds like a very sexy musician. (laughs) Uh, Sleep enhancement. Mm -hmm. So for sleep enhancements, I really enjoy our Kava Chill formulation. Mm -hmm. Um, So Kava Chill um, should not be used by people who have any liver conditions, are drinking copious amounts of alcohol, or women that are pregnant. Mm. So this formula combines uh, CO2 extracted kava kava with lavender, sweet marjoram, clary sage, rose geranium, bergamot, blue yarrow, and fennel. Mm. And um, this tincture, what I find, is really helpful for slowing down the mind. So overactive thoughts, which help to stimulate and make it more difficult to transition into sleep. I find that that really quiets the mind and it physically relaxes the body. And subjectively, my experience is that I get a deeper quality of sleep. Um, When I use, I oftentimes will use about a half a dropper full. Um, People who are really sensitive may want to start off with a quarter of a dropper full and would experiment with that, um, you know, before driving. Some people use it for higher levels of stress as well. Is it something small children can use, like my two-year-old boy? I would not suggest this one. Uh, I would not suggest any kava product for, um, especially a kava extract Mm -hmm. for a two-year-old. So something that's really interesting for younger children, I believe it's around the age of two that their liver really starts to develop more liver enzymes and becomes more effective Mm -hmm. at breaking down... um, some of these really powerful essential oil molecules. And so um, most essential oils should be avoided in children under two. Is um, And I, I will also say that I've personally chosen not to focus or specialize on uh, application of essential oils in pets and in children mm-hmm. because I feel like it's a lot of responsibility and yeah. also a lifetime of learning yeah. and i'm more in the the experimentation creation passion mm-hmm. so um i can share some soft suggestions yeah, i think it's important because i know <clears throat> my son mana has uh what they called f- it's often called fomo fear of missing out oh. <laughs> and so you know if if there's anything going on or there's a 
a telephone man out fixing a telephone line and it's time to take a nap, uh, if he thinks we're going to go watch uh, something on television that he might miss out on, he has a hard time winding down. Um, so I have experimented with oils that I've checked to make sure they're safe. Mm-hmm. But I know many of my students have children that have the same thing, and I'm constantly getting emails and talking to people whose kids have a hard time napping and sleeping, which could be a lot of things from electromagnetic pollution to sugar. That's not the case with my kid, but um, it'd be lovely if you could share a couple of oils to help children calm or sleep. Yeah. Little ones too. Yeah. So um, let me start off by saying lavender and Roman chamomile would be two options that um, I have read in books have been suggested for children under the age of two to be safe Mm -hmm. and um, would probably uh, want to inhale them and or put them on the bottom of the feet in terms of routes of administration. That's one of the things we do with Manas uses feet. Cool. So um, for smaller children who are above the age of two, um, another essential oil that I could see being really good for putting them into their body quieting them down. In fact, um, some people suggest you using uh, vetiver also in uh, ADHD. Mm. Um, So vetiver is a really calming and grounding grass that um, smells very deeply earthy and rootsy. Um, And it's uh, just such a deep, almost smoky scent. When I apply it into my, the bottom of my feet, usually about five to 15 minutes later, what I'll find is a a deeper sense of self physically. So I'll become more aware of me being in my physical body. And it's really good for um, children that might be uh, super excited about one thing and then super excited about another Mm -hmm. thing and then super excited about another thing. It's actually able to... um, slow down the mind, but also simultaneously increase the focus and the concentration on a task. And so it's a great stress reliever and also super wonderful for um, increasing presence in children. It sounds like it might help with dissociative disorders. That's an, in, that's an intriguing reflection. I have no clinical experience in that regard. Yeah. Um, and... Um, I really am resonating with that perception. I've worked with various people that have dissociative disorders. Usually they're linked to traumas, but, uh, um, you know, the way you were describing it, how it brings you back into your body, because mm-hmm. people with dissociative disorders are usually somewhere else yeah. than their body. Um, so that just came to my mind. Um now, a topic that I think is going to be probably high on the list for a lot of people is sexual performance mm-hmm. enhancement. Um, you've given me some oils that definitely were very supportive of that endeavor. Um, yeah, baby. <laughs> you know, Got to light a fire now and then. Um, what was the name of that beautiful oil you gave me and Angie? Um Choco nut? I can't remember. It was a small vial and it had a roll on. Mm-hmm. 
Um, really beautiful smell. So, you know, there's some oils that are really amazing in terms of their aromatic profile that just bring out sensuous qualities. Mm. There's also um, some essential oils which pharmacologically can activate males and females and really drive more sexual energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm feeling as though I'm remembering it may have been our exquisite botanical perfume, either seduction, seduction. or the meadow. It was su- seduction. Yeah. That that's was a, it. That's an amazing one. Just the smell of it can get you horny. <laughs> it's really um, a nice, nice smell. Thank you, man. Um, I know if I come to bed, uh, wearing that, that, uh, great things are happening. Well, you know, uh, my, my, my girls, you know, I have two wives. So, uh, either one of them is likely to know that I have something on my mind and I figure I have a better chance because if they're smelling it, they're getting it right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, because today with, you know, the level of, number of people with adrenal fatigue is very high, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. And with adrenal fatigue comes a decrease in sexual performance mm-hmm. uh, for good reason. I won't go into the chemistry of it because I want to hear more about your stuff. But um, so aside from seduction, do you have any oil blends that people could use to enhance sexual performance? We have a huge problem with young men. Uh, with premature ejaculation and and uh, not, a, not able to maintain an erection, I've had 18 and 19 year old athletes email me asking me how to get off of Viagra, hmm. and I'm like, oh my god! The first time that happened, I was like, what in the world are we coming to? When the young, I mean, when a wow. man's, you know, when when a guy's, yeah, it's powerful. 18 years old, he should be able to use his penis as a dinner bell, or you know. <laughs> hang uh, coats off the damn thing. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I've got young athletes telling me they have to use Viagra to have sex, Hmm. which for me is a a very dangerous sign from a social health perspective. But you you have all these people running out there resorting to all sorts of chemical tricks and even, you know, uh, physical augmentation uh, pump-up penises, mostly for the older guys. But um, what would you recommend for um, enhancing sexual performance? Yeah. So one of the most powerful um, tools that I've found for uh, enhancing sex drive, um, I've, you know, as a man, it works amazing for me. I have a healthy sex drive personally. And um, I would say that when I utilize Elong Elong in the way mm. that I'll share, um, some people pronounce it as Ylang Ylang. I've heard um, either way, yeah. And um, Elong Elong, when I ingest Elong Elong, and I'll talk about how I would do that in a few moments, <clears throat> I find that my sex drive subjectively increases by about 50%, which is kind of borderline uncomfortable for me because it's yeah. so much sexual energy yeah. that uh, really invites me to move through that sexual energy. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about it is, um, and I'm not suggesting this for other people, and I know that this works for my physical body, mm-hmm. is um, taking one to two drops of Elong Elong, 
putting it into a capsule. I can put that into a carrier oil if I like, but I, I really enjoy putting it into a capsule because a pure essential oil is just so strong. Yeah. And I'll swallow um, uh, one or two drops and I'll do that uh, for two to three days. And so this is an instantaneous gratification. But what I find is that when I'm when I'm doing this twice a day, by the end of 48 hours, I have so much sexual energy and chi flowing through me that seems to last for a few days, wow. probably one to two days. And again, if I'm not consciously channeling the sexual energy, it can be uncomfortable for me as, yeah. a, as a healthy uh, middle-aged man. Yeah. And, so what you're saying, uh, just to help people understand, just go buy go like a drugstore and buy a standard vegetable cap. Exactly. And, yeah. And probably a, probably a, a double O, um, or and just pour one to two drops of the along along into that if uh, someone wanted to ingest the oil. So you'd have to go right from pouring it in, capping it, and putting it in, or it'll dissolve the capsule, wouldn't it? Um, you know, I've been able to take a majority of essential oils, put them in capsules, and I've seen them um, last at least 12 to 24 hours, oh. um, which, you know, is interesting. And I I don't know that that's going to be the case for all essential oils, right. um, but it may not dissolve all essential oils and it may not be that quick. Okay. Um, so that's something to share. Yeah. So the better idea, though, is if you don't know, put it in the cap and take it. Yes. So, um, you so know. So you said four days? Um, so usually, uh, usually it's like a two-day load, if yeah. you will. And I would say the effects for me start about a day and a half later. And then it probably lasts another day possibly two after i stopped taking it um and some women have reported that it increases their sexual drive as well using elong elong so another way that would um could be used is uh and this is probably what i would suggest for most listeners um uh, because people can have sensitivities to ingesting essential oils and um i I will dilute the Elong Elong into a carrier oil and then apply it to my wrists, apply it to the inside of my elbows, and also deep inhalation. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that there's somewhat of a similar strength and potency, um, not quite as strong um, and may not work as well for everyone um, as oral ingestion, but topical application can be really potent as well. And that's um, probably going to be easier for most people's bodies to metabolize. Mm -hmm. So the thing to know about Elong Elong is um, it can have skin sensitivities for people and um, probably using less than two and a half percent infused into a carrier oil, such as coconut oil Mm -hmm. or jojoba um, would be ideal. So here's a question. It doesn't sound Let's hear to me, it. It doesn't sound to me like you have a specific oil for sexual enhancement. Is that correct? Um, I have another one that's kind of fun to play as an edible lube. And so um, as far as really targeted, focused, um, building sexual drive immediately, I haven't experimented with that yet. Um, as far as 
enhancing the quality of play, um, I really like Choco Nut. Choco Nut's a combination of CO2 extracted cocoa, cacao absolute, and CO2 extracted coconut pulp infused in fractionated coconut oil. So this one works as a delicious edible lube that's really fun to play with partners. Mm. And so, um, you know, that would be an example of something that enhances the quality of something in the bedroom. Um, our, our recent, uh, ultrasonic Damiana tincture, I would say is another, um, another ingredient, which again, for me, doesn't work on stimulating the sex drive really potently. Mm -hmm. It really relaxes the physical body, gets you less out of the, or, uh, a person will be less in their mind, more in their body, more sensual, more playful. So indirectly, it can totally be a powerful aphrodisiac for people. And it also makes uh, the act of sharing sensuality a lot more fun. Well, you know, the, the parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for maintaining the erection. The mm-hmm. sympathetic system produces ejaculation. So premature ejaculation, and me having worked with many people with these problems, is usually overactive nervous byproduct system. of oversympathetic stimulation. Yeah. Too much stress, too much head, too much thinking, too much, you know, I call it mental masturbation, you know, mm-hmm. be- being too caught in the world. Mm. But uh, parasympathetic stimulation, it sounds, you know, a lot of these oils are, are parasympathetic stimulators, and, and as is Tai Chi, as is a cold shower. Um, a great way to enhance sexual performance is take the longest cold shower you can and hope your partner doesn't mind an icicle in bed for a little while. But <laughs> if they covered each other with that nice edible oil you were talking about, great way to warm up with a little foreplay. Oh, sounds so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, my question, though, is can people hire you to custom formulate oils for them? Absolutely. Because uh, that seems to me already like something I'm going to want to do. <laughs> um, because one, you know, I'm an experimenter. I'm a, a kind of an alchemist type guy, as you know. So as I'm talking to you here, I'm thinking, oh, I, I want to try this and I want to try that. But I don't, I don't have a laboratory and I'm not an expert extracting oils. And I've seen, you know, you sent me a video of one of your new ultrasonic extractions and it was clear to me this is a high-tech process it's not just a backyard job but i know i would like to work with you in the future and and work on creating uh solutions for people that work but i can imagine you know there's people listening to the podcast that are thinking well i'd like him to make me an uh an oil to enhance my sexual performance that maybe somebody could work with you on absolutely you know you could say okay try this try it on your skin let me know how it goes how'd it work uh, I got about 20% improvement. Okay, let's increase more along, along. Let's put a little more of this in there here. You know, uh, I, I th- you know, there's enough people out there that really love, for example, their sex life or really want to calm their, their nervous system down or meditate better that, that uh, having the knowledge that they can uh, work with you and customize things. I'm sure it's going to cost them money because your time's valuable, but at least it's nice to know that there's somebody they can interact with to do that. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I have mechanisms set up on my website for custom blends. I, mm-hmm. I work with uh, product development for brands. Um, I've formulated a number of uh, CBD concentrates, vaporizable products, um, mm-hmm. botanical perfumes. I, I did a line of, um, of chakra formulations for another company. And, you know, really, my goal is to um, empower everyone and to have access to all of these tools. And so, yes, my time these days is the most valuable resource that I have at my disposal. And so um, sometimes someone's saying, hey, I have this really specific need for my body type and I'm looking for these types of enhancements will actually open up a door for me to formulate a new product that's very targeted for the specific symptoms that will address and be supportive for 60 to 70% of the other people that are reaching out with similar goals. Yeah. Um, Good. So uh, something to mention on, on the sexual side of things is on 2019, um, we're really looking to experiment more with our recent ultrasonic extraction technology. We've been investing in um, lots of rare, interesting, exotic medicinal plants. And a few of those, um, including uh, horny goatweed, uh, is one that comes off the top of my head. Um, we're going to be ex- experimenting and seeing uh, the types of effects that ultrasonic extracts are producing. Um, so we have some extraction equipment that really produces very powerful full-spectrum extracts that include alkaloids and other water-soluble compounds that are using um, very low temperature and really seem to keep the inherent intelligence of the plant. So we were talking about spirit and the consciousness of plants earlier. And um, oftentimes, a, a higher temperature as done through a steam distillation process, will heat the water and heat the plant material and can cause some um, uh, some disruption to the terpenes, can cause some degradation. Mm-hmm. And so we have some technology where we're able to utilize low temperatures and low pressures and um, dropping the pressure um, to such a strong degree, um, we're actually able, able to use really low temperatures to... Um, to uh, concentrate a final product through vacuum distillation. Mm -hmm. And so we're excited to utilize this extraction technology to produce some really powerful full-spectrum plants. And some of those plants that we have planned for 2019 are going to be uh, focused around experimenting with, uh, yeah, just masculine and feminine energy, sensuality, sexuality, Mm. and... um, I'm really excited to be bringing that forward. You know, when you talked about horny goat weed, you reminded me of a joke. Uh, <laughs> Tell us. There was this, um, there was a parapsychology conference, you know, and they explored so many things that they were looking for some new territory to get into. So at this annual meeting, the theme was sex with ghosts. Mm. So the moderator gets up, introduces the conference, and he says, well, the theme is sex with ghosts. And he says, uh, have any of you in the audience ever had sex with a ghost? And when would you be willing to come up and share with us here on stage? And so this little Hindu man raises his hand and he says, yes, sir, please come up. <laughs> so he, he says, um, 
would you please share your experience of having sex with a ghost? And he says, oh, oh, I'm very, very sorry. I thought you said goat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, wow. This next conference. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder wonder how horny goatweed got its name. I don't know, but it it, uh, made me think of that that joke and, you know, got to have a joke now and then just to keep life uh, fun. Yeah, absolutely. What uh, what oils do you recommend to speed healing, specifically things like uh, musculoskeletal problems, back injuries, muscle injuries, strains, strains, tears? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything in your arsenal for that? So um, I would say one oil um, is Helichrysum italicum, mm-hmm. and I believe the subspecies is uh, serotinum. And this has a lot of clinical research, and um, there's some diketones found inside the helichrysum, and it's really regenerative. You can you can look online and see um, various case reports of people um, writing about utilizing helichrysum for serious uh, post-op surgery, yeah. um, for for recovery of the skin, uh, broken bones, wounds. Uh, it's very anti-inflammatory. Um, I've seen some pretty amazing transformations happen within a pretty uh, shortly significant amount of time using higher concentrations of helichrysum. And lavender is also good that way, isn't it? Lavender is uh, supportive. It's very supportive for burns. Yeah. In fact, a synergy of lavender and helichrysum is amazing for burns. Yeah. Um Lavender has some anti-inflammatory properties as far as like bone damage or some deeper skeletal issues. I I feel helichrysum would be more superior. Um, Lavender feels more like topical wounds, Mm -hmm. um, cuts, burns, um, mild infections or to prevent mild infections. Lavender is ace. Um, So, Wintergreen, wintergreen. One of the um, the major component in it is actually methyl salicylate, so similar to aspirin. Mm. And it, um, you know, wintergreen also uh, for anyone who has any allergy to aspirin, definitely avoid wintergreen. Um, Topically, um, you can dilute it into a carrier oil. It's said not to avoid it. not to use it pure to um to avoid using it neat which means to dilute it yeah. and um wintergreen because of the methyl salicylate it it has this icy hot type of feel and it's really great for reducing inflammation simultaneously i think they use it in a lot of um muscle bombs you know for athletes they absolutely do oftentimes it's the synthetically derived methyl salicylate and also the wintergreen is uh typically about 90 percent somewhere in that vicinity of methyl salicylate so very high um other other components um you know german chamomile german chamomile has superior anti-inflammatory properties which can really help um after after injuries wounds to um, support the body in its recovery um the bisopolol uh, is a sesquiterpene which really reduces inflammation um the um german chamomile also is one of the best tools 
that I've found for allergenic response. So people who are suffering from allergies um, during the transition of seasons going into spring when nature's just having a frolic around, mm-hmm. um, using a combination of German chamomile and helichrysum, uh, applying a few drops, um, like one drop of each right below the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, typically... My protocol, my personal protocol, I should say, um, I can apply that right below the nose and it will help to alleviate allergenic response. Mm -hmm. And concurrently, it's really supportive for um, adapting into a new environment. So oftentimes if I, if I'm experiencing allergies, if I, if I use German chamomile and helichrysum and allow the allergenic response for about one to two weeks, it goes away. Mm. No need for Zyrtec. It just, the body adapts to it. And yeah. then, um, so the helichrysum German chamomile is a real powerful tool for helping the body soothe the symptoms, which are aggravating the system and really supports the integration of the new um, pollens in the air. Uh, one of the things that, uh, as a guy who's owned a physical therapy clinic and worked in rehabilitation for a very long time, that is a common problem people have is dealing with the negative effects of scar tissue formation. Mm. Um, I've seen a lot of women, for example, get visceral adhesions and have uh, abdominal wall disorders and pelvic floor disorders after Mm C-sections. And the scars can be very debilitating. Um, Many cases I've found, for example, of people that have had arthroscopic surgery on their knee, the scar, as it matures, scar binds, it pulls together. Um, Mm. And it it, it contracts as it matures to pull the wound together like a zipper almost. Mm. But the scar tissue can also develop trigger points in it and can fire off uh, through the nervous system causing inhibitory patterns and shut muscles down and, and disrupt joint function and all sorts of things. And I've used essential oils many, many times with a lot of patients over the years, mm-hmm. especially with people that are fairly recently wounded or uh, post-surgical. Yes. Um, it, I found the oils work better if you apply them sooner. Yes, I've seen that as well. Um, what oils would you recommend for people that need to enhance the quality of wound healing and or maybe even working with an old scar that they want to soften for example a lot of body workers mm-hmm. deal with problematic scars yeah i see that yeah he show it looks like a motorcycle fall or something yep over a bike and oh, i'll see a bicycle i was close yeah good call i've had a few <laughs> yeah so um, for this scar, um, I really used helichrysum probably 10 years after, uh-huh. um, and it... It's quite soft it's, looking. Yeah, it's really reduced the the red that used to be present in the scar. Helichrysum, I would say, is going to be the most superior cisatrant to help to break down the scar tissue mm-hmm. and to really repair uh, the the integrity of the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawaiian or uh, sandalwood in general um, has a lot of anti-inflammatory properties. It's great for softening the skin, and I've seen. Um, Hawaiian sandalwood specifically do really well for um, 
scars specifically. Yeah. I have a formulation that I actually uh, created to target wounds that I call alleviate and alleviate. Um, it's one of my newer formulas. I remember some of the ingredients. It's got rose, helichrysum, copaiba, St. John's wort, um, CO2 extracted turmeric, um, helic, uh, I said helichrysum already. So it has some superior, uh, wound healing, um, ingredients that also help to reduce some of the scarring. Yeah, good. Um, so yeah, that would probably, I would say helichrysum and alleviate would be my go-to. So, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are getting pretty excited about all these oils and, um, you are offering a 10% discount for the listeners on the podcast. Is that correct? Absolutely. So Penny uh, will be sharing the code. If you haven't already heard it at the beginning, it will be coming uh, at the end. So you do get a discount on Dr. Nick's very, very high quality oils. And that's why I'm sharing you with him because I love his oils. How about improving respiratory function, uh, i.e. decreasing congestion or people with asthma Mm -hmm. or... Uh, any kind of need to aid respiration. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, I've used various oils with my vaporizing yeah. and um, found experimenting with um, uh, some of the oils that are good for respiration that you have to be very careful with because even one drop on some herbs can blow your mind. It's so strong. Absolutely. So what I do is I just take the tip of a plant, mm-hmm. like a little bit of tobacco or a, a leaf of a plant that I'm vaporizing and just touch it to the oil. And that's usually just right for like a typical volcano bag or that's genius. Yeah. Yeah. I've been experimenting with all sorts of stuff. That's why I want to work with you to create yeah. some, Hey, we're going to create some magic products for you guys. <laughs> um, but what are your tips on on respiration? That, huh? Yeah, that you sell um, that people can come right to you and get a hold of. Yeah, so um, our respire formula is magic. Uh, magic defined as something that stimulates um, the bronchioles in the lungs. It helps to reduce inflammation, and it has powerful antibacterial, antiviral properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so respire, I like to use a few drops, rub them into the hands and then take a few deep inhalations. Mm-hmm. Um, when there's higher levels of congestion, sometimes it has a decongestant property where, um, where it will start inviting a productive cough to mm-hmm. hack out some of the sputum. Um, so people need to know that that's productive. Uh, it usually is productive with mm-hmm. the respire. Um, it's also very cooling and soothing. And so it's, um, it's a soft, productive support um, for the respiratory system. It's also really great for opening up the lungs. So athletes um, can really benefit from this because it um, can increase, I would perceive that it can increase people's capacity to take in more oxygen mm-hmm. um, just because it's cooling down the lungs. It reduces the inflammation. Um, it's really refreshing and respires a combination of eucalyptus, peppermint, Ravensara aromatica. It's got thyme linalol, black spruce, CO2 extracted frankincense, cartieri. Um, it's got, uh, um, and also Laleshwa, which is African wild sage. And, um, so respire is a great one for the respiration. Um, 
eucalyptus. Mm. That's wonderful as a single oil. I use um, that in my sauna all the time. Yeah, it's you know it's antibacterial. It's great for opening up the lungs with its bronchodilatory effects mm. and um, great antiseptic as well. Um, and a very common essential oil. Mm. I've heard some people use uh, frankincense actually inhaling frankincense because of the anti-inflammatory properties that it offers um, as uh, as an alternative to steroids for asthma. Mm. Um, I think that it can be supportive as a conjunctive, but I don't think that it would be a replacement. So symptomatically, it might be supportive and it might reduce some of the pathophysiology of asthma, some of the inflammation in the lungs. But I don't think that frankincense would particularly uh, serve as a replacement. I see. Yeah. Um, how about reducing pain? Yeah. Um, you did talk about one earlier. Yeah. So pain relief ice. Um, we have it both with CBD and also um, have it as a pure uh, a pure blend infused in fractionated coconut oil. Um, pain relief ice literally is a magic formula that came through me. Um, I've probably received somewhere between about 50 and a hundred, um, reports from people about how effective it's been over the years. Um, it's got 12 different essential oils. It's got lavender, peppermint, helichrysum, black pepper, pink pepper, turmeric, wintergreen, German chamomile, spikenar, neoli, rosewood, arnica, and frankincense. Um, I never even knew there was pink pepper. Yeah, pink pepper, uh, cineus, uh, terebinthifolius, and, um, Pink pepper is super unique. It's got this um, this almost fruity type of aromatic profile. Um, it happens to be quite euphoric if you vaporize it, which is interesting. Well, um, I'll have to get me some. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it has powerful anti-inflammatory properties. Neat. Um, you know, what's interesting is black pepper also um, has... Uh, euphoric properties slash anti-inflammatory properties. Black pepper actually contains beta-carophylline, which binds to the CB2 receptors inside of the body, um, which uh, modulates and reduces inflammation. Mm. Um, beta-carophylline is one of the few terpenes that binds to the cannabinoid receptors, oh. just like cannabis, Neat. but it isn't from cannabis. Um so that's kind of an interesting uh, trivia point on yeah, peppers. Cool. It's just, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm just being even more fascinated and falling deeper into love with, ma- with nature. <laughs> you know, it's like we've become so conditioned in our culture to reach for pills made by drug companies that are mostly formulas ripped off from shaman and medicine men. I mean, I've studied the history of medicine. Most people don't know this, but a lot of drug formulations are – they send uh, representatives out to hang out in the jungle and go into the rainforest to hang out with shaman and medicine men. And then they go back to the lab and try to synthesize and patent these things. And this has been going on for a long, long time. But like we were talking about earlier, a synthetic product does not have the complementary effects – that you can only get from the wisdom of nature, who is the master chemist, clearly. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just lovely to hear 
the bouquet of options available to us through such amazing natural products. Mm-hmm. And and a, 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 a drop, uh, what do these hold? Like 120 drops? Is that what's in there? So great question. Um, a five mil bottle will hold approximately 150 bottles, uh, 150 drops, yeah. and then 10 mil, 15 mil bottles, respectively, about 300, 450 drops. Okay. And so, you know, for pain relief ice, for instance, if I'm if I'm you know covering my lower calf, I'm probably using somewhere around three or four drops, mm-hmm. and I'm able to really coat the area yeah. thinly. Mm-hmm. And so three and three to four drops, you know, a small bottle that's, um, you know, if we were to say five drops, that's like, uh, what is that? 30 applications. Uh, so five times for 30, five mil, 150 drops. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so how much is that? Like in terms of dollars? cost? Um, yeah, we do that for 20, 20 bucks. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. You've got a lot of applications for 20 bucks and, it's, it's probably not a toxic thing to the body. I mean, it's not like a drug that has to be, that stresses your detox pathways. These are fairly synergistic with the body in my experience. Yeah, especially topically. Yeah. You know, people with um, compromised liver function likely want to avoid ingesting essential oils because that will create larger amounts going internally that need to be processed yeah. by the liver. Yeah. Um, so that's one piece of, of information that I would say. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes essential oils should be diluted because um, let me actually give the, the viewers this perspective on how powerful essential oils are. If you were to take 19 cups of peppermint tea and steep steep that for 15 minutes, you're going to have the same amount of active constituents of peppermint found in a single drop of peppermint essential oil. So 19 cups of peppermint tea steeped for 15 minutes is the same potency as one drop. One drop of peppermint essential oil. Yeah, that's that's, that's a that's a lot of potency. A lot of information and um can really, you know, from my experience, I, I started off super experimental and uh, ingesting a lot of essential oils, vaporizing them, putting them to beverages, foods. And um, as I continued to refine myself, what I discovered is that essential oils are really powerful and that less is more. Yeah. They have, um, I would almost describe it as if you're if you're choosing to ingest a pure drop of essential oil, for instance, um, it's a lot of information. And if you were if you were to not dilute it, especially, as soon as it touches the tongue or it goes into the body, it's going to cause this initial shock to the system yeah. that the body has to recalibrate from in order to say, oh, this is actually beneficial for these reasons. Send this here, send this yeah. here, send this there. And so what I found is that, um, especially if choosing to ingest essential oils, less is more. And be conscientious about why you would be ingesting essential oils because oftentimes um, ingesting essential oils regularly is not uh, it's not a desirable thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know why are you using this why are you using this oil? Yeah. What other mechanisms can you use to apply the oil and use it? And what do you hope to gain from the oil? And so um, because essential oils are broken down by the liver. Um, 
if if ingested regularly at higher concentrations, it can cause stress to the body. So that's something that I would love to educate the listeners on. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, an example I give my students in holistic lifestyle coach training is just to show them how you have to be careful even with vitamins, Mm -hmm. is that 5,000 milligrams of beta carotene takes six pounds of carrots to make uh, comparatively. Wow. So when you look at, you know, mega doses like bodybuilder Joe Weider, Joe Weider, like mega dose packs and things, I started looking into this when I was young because I was using um, Joe Weider mega packs and all these different, you know, things I was experimenting with. And I started having this interesting experience that my skin would start to burn when I was sweating. And I'm like, what in the world is doing this? Interesting. So I stopped taking the mega vitamins and it went away. And then I looked into uh, various, uh, you know, vitamins. It's I think it's uh, B5 that can cause your can cause the skin to burn. Uh, and uh, nice, it's nice, niacin. And, niacin, yeah, niacin yeah. flush, and it can cause uh, the skin to feel like it's burning when you start sweating. Mm-hmm. But it's just the the point being is is that. Um, we're in a more is better culture. Yes. Um, and it's it's just not the case, especially when you're dealing with energy medicine. Uh, we learned all that, you know, from homeopathics, where less is stronger, not not weaker. Mm-hmm. And people are still having a hard time with that concept. But when you're dealing with essential oils that are very powerful, I mean, the less is more concept is quickly learned when you use oregano oil. Yeah. <laughs> right. I had a very powerful experience um, since we're talking about that. Uh, I was having, this is like maybe 15 years ago, I was having some jock itch. And I'd read in a book that oil of oregano will knock out the fungus. Will knock out the fungus. (laughs) And I didn't know enough about it to know that it needed to be cut with something. Oh, wow. So I put three or four drops in my hand and rub my palms together, then rub my groin with it. And it got on my testicles and the intensity of it almost wow. put me into shock. Wow. Um, I was running. It was funny cause it was a Sunday and I was running through the Czech Institute and fortunately there was nobody there, but I was in pain and I'm like, I, I knew water wouldn't work. So I was running mm-hmm. from, treatment room to treatment room looking for some massage oil to rub into yes. there but the the uh oil actually burnt me so bad about two thick layers of skin peeled off my groin and my testicles in the next 2 days wow it was like i'd been badly burned but i you know i'm a you know as a guy who's been through a lot of pain and injuries and you know testosterone contests in my life and a paratrooper and all sorts of shit I can tell you that I was very close to going unconscious. The pain was that intense. Wow. I was hyperventilating. I was sweating buckets. It literally felt like I was having my skin eaten off by fire ants or something. But um, moving to the next topic, just to keep us from getting too long here, um, one of the big problems out there is with women regulating their menstrual cycle. Have you got any oil suggestions to help women uh, better regulate their menstrual cycle? Yeah, and I've actually had a lot of amazing feedback about the products. Um, So I have a women's hormone formula, which uh, utilizes 
our moon cycle formula, mm. um, plus uh, hemp higher in CBD. Mm-hmm. So um, our moon cycle combines lavender, sweet marjoram, clary sage, rose geranium, bergamot, blue yarrow, and fennel. And um, women have reported back to me by applying to the lower abdomen and on their wrist points and breathing it in, usually several days before, during, and after their menstrual cycle, that it really helps to stabilize their mood, reduce some of the spasms and the the intense pain associated with um, the period, and um, really helps to soften that uh, cycle. Um, what's really important is those products should be avoided if a woman is pregnant because mm. uh, there's some concern about uh, potential for abortion. So um, definitely avoid the moon cycle, the women's hormone, and also our COVID, <coughs> our COVID chill formulation if, um, if you are expecting a child. Okay. Um, but the, the women's hormone formula and moon cycle, I've actually had women tell me, um, women who were taking um, pharmaceutical uh, hormones um, from the period of 1 to 10 years, who hadn't had their cycle for extended periods of time, um, some some of them even years. I had multiple women over the over the years tell me that from using the oil, each of the women who reported back to me said that within a month of regular use, they started recycle. Uh, they restarted their cycle. Oh, good. So, real powerful formula. How about? In immune support. Cool. Um, yeah, so immune modulation. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy, I have a few different formulas. Um, our Krishna immune formula, it's a combination of peppermint, oregano, cinnamon, clove, eucalyptus. It's combined so well. It tastes amazing. Um, you know, some people think of it as a breath freshener that stimulates the immune system. Mm. Um, so I formulate it into a tincture so that you're only getting about two to three milligrams of essential oil compared to about 30 or 40 milligrams of essential oil per drop. Um, so it's infused in alcohol. So I, I, I will oftentimes use a single drop, breathe it in to my lungs. And, um, that's really good because, um, they're both, the ingredients in there are antibacterial, antiviral, and um, I know eucalyptus and a few other essential oils, including thyme, um, and I think maybe tea tree have been shown to stimulate white blood cells inside of the body. Mm-hmm. So not only is it directly antimicrobial, but it's also stimulating the body's natural defenses. Yeah. So um, for, for really gnarly infections, um, I have this formula called tooth ease formula, like mm-hmm. Tooth, tooth infection ease. Yeah. exactly um and it was made for tooth infections and what i've also found is it's so powerful um when i was in living in big island hawaii in 2014 uh using this formula um about three times a day i saw four out of five staph infections clear up mm, that's um, good in less than a week um, and so it's, it's a real powerful, broad spectrum, antibacterial, antiviral. Um, so I would say that's our extra strength immune stimulator slash, uh, knockout infection. And it, that's our tooth ease formula. 
do you have anything that you could recommend specifically as a general application for fungal and or parasite infections? Um, so the fungal thing I got down, we have a formula called can candida and, um, you know, it was around 2012 where I was eating a bunch of frozen yogurt, which was high in sugar and not taking the best care of myself, not at the same level of consciousness where I'm at today. And, um, can candida has been a result of my personal journey rebalancing um, candida, which I've been able to have a very healthy balance for a number of years now. So what I did with can candida personally was I created this formula and put it into some coconut oil and then would swish it around my mouth um, at a low concentration and, um, and then swish it and spit it out. And so it has broad spectrum antifungal yeah. properties mm-hmm. and um, really seems to leave the mouth uh, feeling really fresh. So Good. I kind of used it as an oil pulling, if you will. Okay. And, and for topical application, if there if there's like a jock itch, um, it likely is mild for most people to apply in various areas topically around the body. Uh-huh. There is geranium and oregano, which some people can be sensitive to. There's small amounts and it's already diluted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say do a small test uh, if you're applying to sensitive areas. Yeah, <laughs> as I've just talked about. Exactly. Um, how about enhancing mental performance? Awesome. So... Um, rosemary was actually looked at in a small clinical study. I use it. Uh-huh. I have oil of rosemary on my desk over there. And it really has a stabilizing focusing effect. Yeah. Just one drop. You're, you're on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the one eight cineol has been studied, which is found in eucalyptus and rosemary, um, to correlate with increased, uh, performance with memory focus and concentration. Yeah. And, um, one one formula that I've created um, is Invigor, and Invigor is designed um, to really enhance all of those qualities, the memory focus concentration. It just feels like a, a, a breath of fresh air. It's got um, caraway, cardamom, sweet basil, two types of rosemary, peppermint, silver fir, and frankincense. Yeah. And um, it's uh, just really refreshing and stimulating for the mind. I'll let you... Smell and enjoy some. Right is it now. is it something you take internally? So what I love to do with it in vigor is put a few drops into my hands, rub my hands together, and then take a few deep inhalations. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is, um, as an extra bonus, I'll massage it into my scalp and into the back of my neck after okay. the inhalations. The wonderful Paul Check is inhaling deeply. The invigor. Mm. Uh. I think I'm going to join you here, Paul. Oh, it smells damn good. It really it does clear your head right up. Um, I mean, you know, I was pretty clear, but I'm even clearer now. I actually feel like it's enhanced my vision. I see what you're talking about, man. It's good. Yeah. Very good. Um, that's lovely. Um, was... So that one's called what now? In Vigor. In Vigor. I-N Vigor. In Vigor. Uh-huh. And um, are there other ones that you have for that function, mental and cognitive performance? Yeah. Um, so 
peppermint can be quite alerting. Um, some people really enjoy peppermint. Um, it smells like there's some in there, is there? Yes, there is. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, from a different perspective, I have some formulas that are really good for um, kind of calming the mind and enhancing focus and clarity. So a few different formulations that I have that really follow that vein are our um, Celestrial tincture, mm-hmm. combination of six different tree essences infused in organic honey spirits as mm. a tincture. That one's phenomenal for just dropping the body into a luminal space and going really deep into the the into your own body and perception. Um, I say that it stimulates the pineal gland and how I experience that is a quieting of the mind, but in an increased level of, of intuition. And also um, it really helps to uh, stay more focused. So I got to get rich, man, because I want to buy all these oils. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I got, I got, I need one of them kits, man. Yo, I'm looking forward to making your kit for you. Paul. Right on. Cause it's uh it's fun to, I love exploring everything that can aid life, uh, mental performance, sexual performance, uh, mood enhancement, um, you know, healing, um, you know, the, the, this is a far better exploration to do than, than running from doctor's office to doctor's office. And you learn a lot mm-hmm. and you develop relationships with the plants. You know, like I smell that on my hand and I, I immediately have visions of being a kid in Idaho walking through all the mint fields mm. and smelling the mint, you know. Mm. So it brings up those psychological associations. Um, how about... I know you have one for this because I use it, but enhanced meditative intuitive states or clairvoyance, which I mentioned earlier, I use third eye. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have others? Third eye is very good, by the way, if you if you want to enhance meditation or envisioning. Um, I don't know what's in it, but uh, you can share that if you want. But uh, cool. what, what are your options in that regard? Yeah, so third eye is Royal Hawaiian Sandalwood, Jasmine Grandiflorum. It's got Tulsi, uh, Cacao Absolute, um, Rosemary Cineol. It has um, CO2-extracted frankincense carteri. So it has some really high vibrational uh, plant essences, and it's it's great and phenomenal for tapping into the meditative space. Mm. I also really enjoy our oil of elevation. Mm. It's a combination of Moroccan cedar and CO2 extracts of frankincense and myrrh. Mm. I like applying that to the bottom of my feet. Um, The reason applying oils to the bottom of the feet are an effective mechanism is the pores in the bottom of the feet are large enough that the small aromatic molecules can actually pass through the pores Mm. and enter the bloodstream, typically in about 5 to 15 minutes. You'd think the feet would be more tightly regulated being that they're in contact with toxic stuff, whether it be urine or poop or Mm -hmm. whatever. So why do you think it is that the foot wants to breathe in so well? Mm. Um, 
probably not only is it breathing in, but it's also probably excreting out yeah, toxins, it might be too, yeah. I would say. Uh. Um, the other thing uh, that I'm... Uh, I think I lost my train of thought in that response. Oh, I was asking about uh, for enhancing meditative, meditative, intuitive, and clairvoyance, and you were telling me about mm. a specific oil. Yeah, oil of elevation. Mm-hmm. So, is there more? Um, yeah, so our cosmic orgasm. Oh, yes, I use it. Phenomenal. I love it. I use it. I, I, I use it for other things, too, but <laughs> I, I, this is not the right podcast to tell what I use it for, but it's... Uh, Got multiple applications. Oh, that's awesome. I want, I'm going to ask you more. I'll afterwards. tell you later. But uh, um, yeah, so for everyone, the cosmic orgasm is it's a delightful conjunction of Royal Hawaiian sandalwood, Moroccan cedar, and Israeli blood orange infused in organic honey spirits and um, or sugarcane alcohol rather. And what I find is that it really. Uh, grounds a person deeper into their body, but also expands their their level of awareness. And so it's the perfect thing to sit, be present, and expand deeper into your meditation. Yeah. I, I really, uh, I use it fairly regularly. Um, I find it has quite a harmonizing effect on my brain. Like if I'm, hmm. you know, like when you do as much work writing as I do and you have to be productive because you're on schedule you got deadlines to meet mm-hmm. sometimes I just don't feel like I want to work my brain that way because I'm quite a creative person mm-hmm. so if I don't get enough art and play and time out stacking rocks and doing things to express the little boy in me mm-hmm. then I, I the other part of me seems to be rebellious about too much doing left work. brain work yeah and I find that a drop of cosmic orgasm helps me get that faculty back online, mm. which is nice. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, the last two before we run out of time here is um, what are some – well, there's two things. Um, what are some good – oils for just making your home or workspace smell beautiful. I mean, I use incense here. I know frankincense, sandalwood, some of the common ones, but are are there oils that you sell specifically for like diffusing in the home just to give it a beautiful smell? Yeah, so um I there's totally a number that I love for this purpose. And it's really about what type of energy do we want to invoke into our environment, right? Like if it's the, if it's the bedroom and we want to be playful and sensual Mm -hmm. sensation is a magic. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if I want something that's more balancing and calm, like the yoga vibe at the yoga studio, mm-hmm. I would use my Trinity formula, okay. which brings together rosemary, peppermint, and lavender. Mm. If I'm invoking a ceremonial space and cleansing the energies of the environment, I would choose to work with purity. Purity is a combination of CO2 extracted myrrh, Palo Santo, and white sage. I was, gonna, I was thinking there must be Palo Santo in there for that one. Absolutely. Yeah, and I've used that type of oil or some similar oils uh, many times to prepare people for uh, medicine journeys. Smell impurity now. Mm, That's good, man. That's really good. That's very... uh... Mm. 
I start having visions of a tree. Must maybe it's the Palo Santo. It's lovely though. Thank, Thank you. you for sharing that. Always. So there's a number of them. People could probably just. Uh, is there a section on your website that says you know like how would they find oils for scenting? Mm-hmm. Uh, like like we're talking about here: bathroom, house, bedroom. Yeah. Do they need to know the specific oil, or is there a way they can find them on your website under scents or something like that? Yeah. Um. I would say a great majority of them. How I would personally approach it is, I would go explore. I would, I would, uh, be, I would create an intention to explore somewhere between five and ten. Just reading the descriptions, right. just go onto the website because most of the essential oils are going to be awesome for diffusing. And so you can tune in with the different energies and intentions that you may have and see which ones capture your intention. Right. And um, we have uh, what I can say as a direction for people. Um, we have all of our blends under the wizard alchemy category. And so that would be any, um, any types of blends that would be able to be used in diffusers. Right. Um, the other side of that is if you're going for a pure oil um, or a pure CO2 extract, just look under the essential oils category. And um, I would say 80 to 90% of those are going to be phenomenal for diffusing. Um, frankincense is always great for harmonized, harmonizing the space good for meditation um lavender is really good for calming the mood of the environment mm-hmm. um tulsi is phenomenal for um i had some business owners said that they love diffusing tulsi because it just refreshed their customers it, it made them more alert and more excited um it's a great adaptogen too isn't it tulsi is a phenomenal adaptogen and in fact in india the the culture um grows uh tulsi in their back in their in the back of their house Mm. um oftentimes Uh, and it's said to attract positive energies and repel negative spirits i drink tulsi tea all the time i find it very my body loves it and for those of you that don't know what an adaptogen is, it's a any herb that helps you, enhances your ability to handle stress. Mm-hmm. Um, how about, uh, do you have any odor-eating oils for like stinky diapers or, you know, f- smelly garbage cans or, you know, mm-hmm. like a new car, how it can stink? Mm-hmm. Um, do you sell something to help uh, consume nasty odors? Yeah. So, um, tea tree, eucalyptus, um, lemon, oregano, all of those are phenomenal, um, pure oils. Um, I, I actually, uh, I, I recently, uh, cleaned out a vehicle that had some, some, uh, mold due to some water in the carpets and I made an essential oil blend and I used my can candida formula, uh, which was the antifungal formulation. So you can use that in the house for yeah, uh, like carp uh, carpets, floors, like houses that have too much water in them, whether it be from the water in the ground or flooding or things like that. Yeah. So 
Uh, the one thing that I'll mention about um, our blends that we use a carrier oil on, I like to be aware of not using those for certain fabrics, which can get stained. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the pure can candida formula without any of the carrier oil would work awesome. Um, like spraying it into, putting it into a spray bottle with water and then squirting. Um, squirting. How yeah. about, can you diffuse it? Yes, you yeah. can totally diffuse it. Um, and, uh, what other, um, I really like Trinity for cleaning around the house. It's Mm -hmm. rosemary, peppermint, and lavender. Okay. Um, the, uh, respire works really nice, um, for putting onto sponges and just kind of cleaning up countertops. Mm -hmm. Um, anything with clove, clove is, is very antimicrobial. Oh, Um, good. I didn't realize clove had... I knew it would take pain away. Yeah. Uh, clove is a heavy hitter with, mm. with the eugenol, and um, it's it's really quite antibacterial and antiviral. Good. Yeah. Well, my last question, although I have another page of questions, but <laughs> um, I need to get home to my little guy, and I've been working a lot lately, So, and we've been going at it for a while, and I don't, uh, I don't want to uh, kill off the listeners, but we've had a great conversation, which I've really enjoyed. Yeah, man. My last question, which I really wanted to hear you answer uh, before we call it quits today, is how does a person differentiate a high-quality essential oil from a typical oil or a lower-quality oil? Like, how would I know, what would I ask you to determine the difference between this and Young Living or any of the other various blends or brands out there so mm-hmm. I know what I'm really getting as far as like, well, how do you know what's a Rolls Royce and what's a Yugo? Uh, <laughs> right. Um, so think about scale. Yeah. One thing. Um, it is there there is not enough plant material producing enough as pure essential oil and adulteration is rampant on the essential oil market and what do you mean by adulteration adulteration defined as cut with synthetic chemicals okay. and or replaced by synthetic chemicals so it's not actually what's on the label correct yeah. um and unfortunately that is a real big problem in the industry and so you know, not all brands are created equal. You have to look at how large of an audience the, um, you know, is is being attended to. Um, you know, uh, in larger corporations, if you have, you know, a four ounce bottle of peppermint being distributed at a very large corporation around the world, that's a ridiculous amount of peppermint oil. And if it's going for twelve bucks or twenty five bucks for that four ounce. Um, I would really be curious about what is in that bottle yeah. of peppermint. Because um, that would be a lot of peppermint to make that bottle. A ridiculous amount, yeah. It's a lot of cups of tea. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's – it's, I think, really important to get to know who's making our medicine and to have a relationship with um, the supplier and the farmer and the people that are doing extractions – Um, there's a number of different things that people can start assessing, you know, is it certified organic? Mm -hmm. Is it wildcrafted? Um, 
you know, what type of operation is it? Is it a community operation? Is it is it a large agriculture monocropping um, operation? Um, GCMS and certificate of analysis are something nice. Uh, I probably receive that information maybe about seventy to ninety percent of the for the products that I purchase, and so it's a nice subset of information for verification that I'm having a legitimate product. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's also something that is another form of pedigree. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, I I would rather have the wherewithal and experience the oil and see how it's feeling inside of my body, as opposed to just reading, Oh, this says it's organic Mm -hmm. because there's been times when I've opened up the labels um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen lots of Indian oils that say, uh, organic for instance, and you smell it and it's it's synthetic. Yeah. It's straight synthetic. It's a perfume. So, you know, it's, it's really difficult. So I think what we're doing is we're tuning our inner awareness. You know, how does it feel when you're smelling it? Does it give you a headache? If it gives you a headache, you definitely don't want to keep working with it. Um, Or at least I would choose not to keep working with it. Um, Lots of synthetic molecules. um, The the way that uh, the synthetics are produced, oftentimes you'll have a mixed isomer of the the terpene constituents. And it's not the same rotational spin of what's found in nature. Mm-hmm. And so when we're smelling it... It's, it's, sorry, is nature left spin, right? Um, I, I'd have to reference it. I want to say it's right spin. Okay, I couldn't remember. I know left spin or one of them is synthetic and the other one's natural. Yes. It's just, I know with vitamin E, for example, you can get uh, left or right. Mm-hmm. And one of those is synthetic. I haven't thought about this in a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that that's an interesting concept. I think you can, I mean, most people are kind of clogged up, as you know. Yeah. One of the tests I do with my students to tell them whether or not they're energetically clogged up and they need to do some detox and some um, Tai Chi or, or some inner work to to open themselves up as I give them four drops of Bach rescue remedy. And mm-hmm. if they cannot feel that in their body, I know that they're energetically quite clogged up. Mm. Um, like if I put four drops of that stuff in my mouth, it's like, you know, an energetic wave going through me. That's very strong. It's mm. like night. I mean, I could feel one drop half asleep, but I've had students that could drink a bottle of the stuff and they would think it was water. Mm. But point being is if people just, if they have enough sensory awareness, uh, you know, I think if you took a synthetic product yes. next to an organic one and went from one to the other smelling it, it would be pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, so, you know, I put a lot of effort and time into sourcing the highest quality oils that I'm able to find. And I then take them through different uh, energetic tuning qualities, properties, and, and um, uh, techniques of amplification. Such as your geometry work. Such as the geometry. Um, we actually play our, our essential oils in a set of 432 hertz crystal bowls, and oh, we good. tune them to specific frequencies. Good, yeah. 
Um, lots of our blends, we actually extract uh, Ormus using dead sea salt and Celtic sea salt mm-hmm. um, with fractionated coconut oil. So Ormus stands for or- orbitally rearranged monoatomic elements. Oh. And how I would like to define this for our listeners to integrate why this might be important and helpful is that um, minerals uh, conduct electricity and information yeah and just as when we're drinking water that has um, some organic minerals in it it's easier for the water to absorb into our blood plasma because we already have minerals and other um, solutes inside of our blood yeah so um, what the ormus does not only is there a heightening of the energetic quality, let's just talk from a physical standpoint. We have we have now these um, these really uh, we have a mineral rich oil, which is going to increase the uh, the absorption of the oil and the constituents into the blood plasma. It's mm-hmm. going to increase the solubility because it's recognizing. Uh, you know, the minerals are going to help to drive it in deeper into the body. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's another example of ways that we, we like to take a, an amazing starting product and then vibrationally tune it with uh, different geometries, with sound vibration, um, enhanced with Ormus. Uh, we use intention, um, which can be a form of prayer or just um, really thinking and or feeling and emoting uh, a particular vibration or, you know, happy thoughts for how people are going to be receiving. Um, and that's the type of energy that we're taking our, you know, organic and wildcrafted essential oils through to produce what's in our final product and bottle. And so, you know, I invite people to take take um, take a deep whiff and experience our essential oils, and compared to other essential oils, you know, my goal is to is to provide the best essential oil products that I'm able to produce, and yeah. I'm not in competition with anyone. No, I, I, I feel that I it, agree. You know, it seems to me that you're, you know. Um, You've obviously devoted a huge amount of time and energy and research into um, maximizing the product yes. for everybody. Um, you know, if you want the best of anything, you don't go to a, a supermarket. You go to the farmer or you go to the craftsman, right? If you if you want a beautiful dress, you don't go to Macy's. You go have a tailor custom build one for you Mm -hmm. and the nice thing too is the quality of your oils is high but the price is is not as high as i would have expected for the amount of time and energy you're putting into this stuff thank you one last thing maybe you can tell me briefly is that the other difference between the quality of oils is how they're extracted um you use sonic extraction, and I saw an amazing video of you doing sonic extraction of the mugwort oil, yeah. and I'd never seen sonic extraction before, so that was very cool. What are the different types of extraction that actually influence the quality of the product Yeah, from low to high? Yeah, well, rather than saying low to high, I might, I might say we'll really focus on different constituents and um, 
the commonality on the market might be different. Mm -hmm. So what I'll say is that we are a company that sources steam distilled essential oils. We have access to amazing CO2 extracts, which are typically... Um, our, our extraction company um, has done some research and said that about uh, CO2 extracts are typically about two to three times more potent uh, pharmacologically or therapeutically speaking um, and for flavoring than a steam distilled essential oil. And um, so CO2 extracts are extremely potent full-spectrum extracts. So is this infusing CO2 and somehow the CO2 binds to it, or how does that work? Yeah, so um, very expensive equipment um, utilizing high pressures, lower temperatures, um, dropping, dropping the, um, changing the pressure and the temperature and turning the gaseous CO2 into a liquid running that liquid CO2 through the plant material and then pressurizing the system so that it's really soaking into the plant material. And then the lipids, waxes, um, and monoterpenes, sesquiterpenes, and uh, different resins are coming through the, um, are coming out of the plant material into the solution. And then you depressurize the system, you drop the temperature back to normal, and what happens is all the CO2 is going to leave the solution because it's at room temperature, it's a right. gas. Mm -hmm. And so CO2 extracts produce superior quality, um, amazing concentrated extracts. Something that is important to know about CO2 extracts as well is if you're starting with... Um, uh, material plant material which has toxins in it you're going to also concentrate the toxins yeah, yeah. so having extraction organic is extraction plant, right organic having organic plant material is super important when we're talking about um extractions and um we've been experimenting recently in-house with doing artisan uh scale ultrasonic extractions and so What's amazing about what we're able to do is we're able to use um, we're able to use various solvents. We're choosing water, which is a more timely process. Um, we're you know with the scale of equipment that we have, we're able to um, uh, process approximately one to four pounds of plant material per week, mm -hmm. um, and then effectively uh, concentrate it into a final extract. And so what we do is um, the ultrasonic uh, reason it's so unique is it utilizes ultrasonic waves, which is mechanical vibration. Mm -hmm. This mechanical vibration goes into the plant material. It, um, it breaks the cell walls down through a process called cavitation. Mm -hmm. Cavitation is this high energy force and pressure, these little micronized bubbles that, um, that travel through the sound, um, hitting the solvent. And, uh, in these bubbles is, is a potential force, like a miniature nuclear explosion. Hmm. And so it's cracking the cell walls of the plant material and it spills out the essential oil and the different plant alkaloids and waxes. So then we have all the solvent. We, we do, um, we utilize vacuum filtration to remove all the plant materials so that uh, we don't get any, um, any molding in the final product. And um, once we've filtered out the concentrated 
solution, we then uh, concentrate it using a rotary evaporator mm -hmm. and um, we evaporate out uh, using vacuum distillation. So we're using low temperatures and dropping the pressures so that we're able to um, effectively remove the water from the from the solution of plant material. And what we're left with is a really full spectrum, very vital, intelligent plant extract mm. that feels alive and full spectrum. I've felt it. I love it. It's been a lot of fun to co-create, and we we just started experimenting September 2018, mm -hmm. and 2019 we have about 10 plants that we're uh, we have about 20 plants already uh, in the queue to be extracted. Um, some of the things that we're going to be doing are um, going to be so small scale and uh, boutiquey, if you will, mm -hmm. that um, we're going to be offering those to our our um, alchemy club members. Neat. And we're also going to um, have other extractions that we're going to open up to our public audience as well. So there's a lot of exciting things in the pipeline and, you know, just really tuning into the quality of the essential oils, you know, tuning into your intention and looking at what your desired outcome is I think is a great way to explore and dive on into the world of botanical products. Yeah, well, you know, um, I've enjoyed this a lot because I feel like I have an even deeper understanding of the essential oils in general, the range of applications, the methods of extraction, determining a good quality oil from a lesser quality oil, things not to do when you're, you know, like you don't want to just try a new oil straight up. If you test a little on your skin, mm -hmm. um, you know, be careful what you put on babies. Some oils go better on your feet. The feet drink the oil in nicely, which was kind of counterintuitive for me. Mm -hmm. So um, what a fun podcast. And Nick, thank you for devoting your life to sharing love and beauty with the world and, mm. and nature's medicine and really um, showing us that uh, your own spiritual path has become a gift for everybody. Wow. So thank you. Thanks for seeing me, Paul, and thanks for supporting me. Hey, my pleasure. I Namaste to you, and I'm wow. excited because I love your oils, and my desk has got <laughs> several of them on it right now, and my little alchemy center there wherever I do my vaporizing and experimenting. And I'm looking forward to working with you to create maybe a line of oils that I can sell through the Czech Institute to people that are interested in some alchemy with themselves for everything from enhanced meditation to whatever we can conjure up together. I'm, I'm excited to uh, grow with you. Yeah, me too, brother. Thanks, Paul. I, thank I, and thank you to uh, the audience who has um, participated and bared witness to this uh, conversation. And I hope that all the viewers have received some some great information and some inspiration and in, in getting to know your plants. And yeah. Uh, yeah, feel free to reach out if you guys have any questions. Yes. So uh, Nick, where, what's your uh, website so people can look? 
www.essentialoilwizardry.com. Right on. And again, Nick's offering all the listeners to Living 4D with Paul Check a 10% discount on their purchase. And uh, I think you're going to be blown away with the quality and the uh, potency and the beauty of these oils. So that's why I wanted to share Nick with you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Living 4D with Paul Check and Nick Berry. Yay! Oh, Thanks, yay, buddy. Paul. Stay well. Best ever. Thanks, Thank bro. you. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, Dr. Nick Berry. Dr. Nick is very kindly offering Paul's listeners a 10% discount on his single and blended essential oils. Simply visit www.essentialoilwizardry.com forward slash Paul Check and enter the promo code LIVING4D or lowercase when you check out. You can find Dr. Nick on Instagram and Facebook at Essential Oil Wizardry or on Pinterest at Essential Oil Wiz. Follow Paul on Instagram and Twitter at Living4D Podcast or on YouTube, search for Living4D with Paul Check. You can watch more on Paul's blog at www.paulchecksblog.com and the Czech Institute's blog at www.checkinstitute.com forward slash blog. Thank you.